everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. I'd just like everyone to know, I got through these episodes of television with a bottle of Chardonnay. I'm still <laughs> drinking Chardonnay, so this is great. Hey, LaToya! <laughs> and we are joined by returning guest, Julia Jume. What's up, Julia? Hello. I am what? pretty much on the same page right there, because I was drinking uh, kava all throughout. Or I drank <laughs> a beer while I was watching, and then I had to go out to the store for the second episode, because I was out of beer, and I had to get some wine. I love it. I was like, nope. honoring Julia Gonna need some wine. Yes. Honestly, yeah. that's true. I mean... I wasn't actually Same. drinking any alcohol, but I watched most of this in a hair salon, so <laughs> I feel like that was also its own version of uh, honoring Julie White. Let's all bow down. Uh, so, as you can tell from the title of this episode, we watched Cavemen, which we're going to actually go over two of them. There's two versions of this that are the pilots, in quotation marks. One is an unaired pilot, one is the aired pilot. Um, we're going to start with the aired pilot, which is actually also called Her Embarrassed. Oh my well, God. I mean, I, I feel terrible even just saying it out loud, but... <sighs> you can do it. Power through. It's 102, Hurt Embarrassed of Caveman. <laughs> and the other one is just called Pilot, which is what I would have preferred to have just called <laughs> the other one, but they decided to double back on it and leave it as Her Embarrassed of Caveman. But so, um, although that's a, we'll get into it, it also is a, uh, we, we, we just tore apart John Doe for the same problems, but I hate the fact that some places literally use a title naming device and then give up on it after the first time they use yeah. it. So this is... The first of her embarrassed of caveman. Next one is, I mean, they kind of do. I guess I say Nick get job, and then the cave woman, the mascot, the shaver, Nick Rock Jerk, vote. Andy work. Oh, it's <laughs> not. There's no real <laughs> logic to that. Like it's not really following. And, I, and then look, the way, not every show has to do with some slick like you know. But yeah, the one with or something. Yeah, but, but following the show's internal logic, which is that cavemen are actually you know like everyone else, intelligent people. Exactly. It shouldn't be the title at all. Why are they going with, yeah, it completely goes against the whole point of the joke, at least. And we'll get into it, but there are parts of the show where they themselves go in against the logic that they're smart people. Like, it feels like such a tap dancing on the line of, like, I feel like this is what people think is edgy when they're watching, Ugh. like, halftime shows. Like, that's the it equivalent, really which is, is why this started out as a commercial. So, I mean, maybe even before we get into the, the aired pilot, this is based off a commercial. Oh so God. if you remember just... the famous, <laughs> the Geico commercial where uh, at one point during, uh, I think it's just a standard, like, you know, insurance thing where he's just saying, it's so easy to sign up for Geico, a caveman could do it. And then it breaks the fourth wall of the commercial, it cuts out to a caveman holding the camera and pretty much just makes it, I mean, I, I found those, those, when they first originally aired, kind of refreshing, but then Geico kind of like countered the market on like edgy in quotation marks advertisements and they all became like that. Yeah, so what it was became it? a lot I was, more uh, just watching something and it's already I'm already blanking on it, that we're complaining like, why does Geico need so many spokespeople? They have yes. cavemen, the Geico, the money. <laughs> oh, I know you're talking yes, about something I, I think that's a joke. Just watched watched it. Yeah. It's probably like happy endings or something. I don't know, but if <laughs> whatever you're rewatching, that was great. But yeah, there's a it's a it's a very prevalent like there's like oh I think it's a comedy special. Now that you're saying it, oh I know you're talking about it. It's killing me. I'm but uh, it's it up basically now. yeah, do it. So there's like five or six different like Geico. I bet it's rewatching kind of like, Thirty Rock. So, but it may be it that. Be. It's like shot. It's like shotgunning uh, yeah. advertisement money because they figure that one of these will meet somebody. Yeah. Like, it's 
It's the equivalent of, I mean, I, I've gone back to it before, but, like, it reminds me of, like, a Rick and Morty situation where, like, every time you turn around, there's a new character that's added, and that's because it's literally, like, a biohazard that's just breeding off of, like, being bacteria. <laughs> like, every time you turn around, there's a new version of a Geico ad because somebody might respond to it well, and they need to cover their yeah. bases when it comes to advertising. I mean, I think I read an article about it, about that, actually, one time, and they were like, yep, that's exactly what we're doing. We just don't know yeah. what's going to play with who so we try everything and they have just nothing but money because this this can't be that expensive to film the one we're talking about in question the, the caveman one i mean it was basically just a set yeah. they already had probably and they had a guy holding a camera that's how much it I mean, costs. yeah the hair and makeup that's it makeup yeah and and then well they didn't really seem to do it <laughs> we'll get into that on its own i'm sure <laughs> But so anyway, so I just want to give you a heads up in case you remember what that talking about. They decided it was so successful a commercial series that they decided to order a pilot for sure. it, and they did. And ABC picked it up the it series sounds, for thirteen episodes. It sounds like such an NBC thing to do that I'm surprised <laughs> ABC did it. Honestly, it's ABC. it sounds like yeah, one it of the is. fake shows. Speaking of, it sounds like a fake concept they would make fun of on Thirty Rock. Exactly. I mean, it, or, ironically, I feel like this has almost been, I mean, probably on purpose, let's be real, but, like, this has almost been telegraphed several times over on uh, The Kroll Show, which is, <laughs> I think, ironic because one of the stars of the show is Nick Kroll. So I feel like it's, like, a really disturbing, like, like he understands to a degree which certain things well, can be spiraled out into, like, an ongoing joke, even though it's just, like, a, an advertisement. Well, there were so much. many, like, comedians in the, uh, her embarrassed of K-Man alone, I was like, what is happening? James Adomian has played waiter number one. (laughs) It's nuts. I mean, like, okay, so it stars, well, Bill English, I don't know as well. I think he's in plenty of other He looks like poor man's Will Forte if you go to his IMDb page. (laughs) This is true. I I literally clicked on his IMDb page and I went, holy Forte. Oh my god, he really does. I thought you were overselling it, but my god. Oh my god, it's literally him. That's amazing. But yeah, so there's Bill English is playing the... The, the head, I guess you call it like the, the main, main character, Joel. Uh, then there's Nick Kroll plays Nick Hedge, which is nice and convenient. And then we have, in the episode we're going to talk about first, is Sam Huntington. Little Sammy Huntington. <laughs> and then we ha- also in the background, less than, less than the main fore- foreground, is uh, we have uh, Caitlin Doubleday as Kate McKinney. Uh, there's a, a character Jeff Daniel Phillips plays called Maurice. Um... Kate's mother is in both episodes, I believe. Julie White. Although we don't know yeah, she's amazing. Kate's mother yeah, from episode two. She's just two. like a, she's like the real estate agent or weird. something in the. Uh, Why yeah, would they not bring that they, up? Like recast. Because well, I, I think, don't even know if she's still supposed to be her mom in this version, honestly. Yeah, I don't think so because you know Whoa. in the unaired pilot we were watching, Kate and uh, what's his face are cool. engaged. Yeah. 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 And uh, John Hurd is in that as her father, yeah. which is like he's barely in it, and he's te- he. It sounds like he does a terrible job necessarily, but it's like the the few scenes he has are are atrocious. Like they're not even like well shot. Uh, like, there's a, one scene where he first is introduced. We'll get it. I'll get to it in a second. But like it yeah, is the original pilot just plays in Atlanta, to, to be, being really fueled by the racism thing, what the and then fuck? the aired version of the show was, takes place in San Diego. Yeah, that's what I mean. Airing and setting it in Atlanta is crazy. I How couldn't figure that? out the unaired pilot. I was like, "Where is this supposed to be?" Because the weather map showed like Virginia. I'm like, "Is for this the record too." I, it think, says it- I literally saw that it like originally it was going to be set in Virginia, 
Then they changed it to Atlanta. Then they changed it back to and Virginia. And not just anywhere in Virginia. They were going to set it in Newport uh, News, Virginia. So, like, there, there are very telegraphed decisions here to me. So let's get into it. So, anyway, the first episode that aired, even though there was another one that's unaired, we'll get to later on, is a really, I would say, kind of a boring, just pilot episode. Nothing, of, yeah. nothing serious happens. It's, There's no major conflict at all besides just a guy yeah, trying to It's all sitcom cliches that expect to be funny because they're cavemen. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, the reason these commercials were even, you're like, yeah, okay, these are fine as commercials where they last, you know, 15 seconds, but these are just such standard sitcom tired tired sitcom cliches that i'm just like well it doesn't become funnier just because you've got weird makeup yeah. that's a saturday night live sketch at long and maybe we could that's talk about that Honestly, like the makeup itself is so bad that like there's two things that went wrong with it for me is that like one i feel like i don't know like, on the one hand i feel like they are it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but basically, like, their makeup is so generic looking that my eyes, like, glaze over whenever they're on screen. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, almost like... like beer bad from Buffy. Yeah. But, yeah. like, it's like, like my eyes, oh, or, it's two things, maybe that, or it's the fact that I know they're advertisements. It's like, just I got to the so point that, like, you accept that they're, like, like, they're cavemen, basically. Like, as people, like, you just accept them as any other person who's just, like, airy, basically. Yeah, you're like, I those look they don't like really stick out. out but if you told me to like draw a sketch of what they look like i don't think i could because it's like it's such a gen i mean i could do like a general <laughs> caveman i mean that's the, that's the basis yes, of it if you told me to draw a pair for me basically I'm if like, you told me to draw a sketch of them and they would all be animal from the muppet show i mean that's, that's pretty close yeah. to it but it's but it's 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 such a blended it just looks like a bunch of putty on like a like I don't know. It's like someone cleaned a bath drain and put it on someone's head. Like it's really weird. <laughs> and and it's not really good to look at. Like if you're gonna sit and look at like a main character for like a long amount of time, it's for all of them to be like disformed in a weird way. Like not and I wouldn't say disformed like like genuinely disformed, but just like they're it's just the makeup's not great, so it looks like it's melting under the lights. So it's like you have that, yeah, and, and they that's could just the main cast for quote unquote normal human beings. Really, after exactly. a while. and then just put a tiny bit of extra, like you know, just like an extra bridge on their brow or something. Like just do it that way. But like the, it's so heavy makeup. There's like no, you can't even see Nick Cole's eyes. Like it's almost impossible because he's got glasses on top of hair on top of like all this like. I don't know, whatever the hell is on top of them to make it shape that way. I mean, like, there's a reason why Worf didn't really, like, take up most of the scream on... Uh, you want characters that have that heavy makeup to be, like, I wouldn't say in the background, but they're not all you're looking at because you're only going to see the defects. Because there's mm. only three people and in any given scene for the entirety of this entire show that have those full head of makeups on the entire time. So, like, you, your eyes can never train on... I was staring. Whenever they had somebody who was not wearing makeup on, I was like, it was like a breath of fresh air because my eyes didn't have to try and, like, compute what I was looking at. Because I kept, like, searching exactly. for eyes mm. and I couldn't find them. And, like, they were talking weird because, like, they would say things and it didn't even look like their mouths were quite the same. Like, it's very... Mm. I mean, part of it might be the blurry YouTube of it all, but, like, it was just... It did not help the fact that... And then... It was just... Yeah. And then on top of all of that, I think the fact that this show started out as an advertisement 
my eyes mm. are almost trained to like glaze over when I see advertisements. Yeah. So I almost feel like whenever they were talking and doing things, I would like almost in- intently like, or in- in- like unintentionally zone out. Like I was like, I don't like why am I? Oh wait, right, it's a show. It's a show. Oh my god, I forgot it's on the commercial. I'm not waiting for the show to come back on. It's weird. <laughs> it doesn't help that this episode, especially compared to the original pilot, like again, what you're saying is so, super cliche. Like one of the plots is literally just Nick Kroll, like bleeding Sam Huntington's character for money. That's yeah. the plot. Yeah. So let's just... For well, traveler's checks. It's it so even more bland stupid. than you yeah. expect. So we find out, I mean, this is the, the basic premise of the show set up, we can go through, there's only three little, like, it's an ABC plot, it's very, very doldrum, like, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing very adventurous done with any of this. Um, but I think they were just banking on the fact that they're all cavemen would be enough to draw people in, which I don't know what the fuck they were smoking. I'm sorry, I just have to remind everyone, Nick is garbage. Yeah, I don't know what... Oh. Like, for oh, yeah. from the tech, like, obviously, the his rant about Flintstones, which, honestly, if you're going to complain about cavemen and media, Flintstones is probably the last show to, to use. Yeah. I honestly, until they said that, positive. I didn't yeah. even realize they were technically considered cave people, but I guess they are, but I, I, I would never yeah. consider the, Flint, the Flintstones was just... to be... Yeah. They were just well, and we talked about this a little before we started recording this, but like with Nick Kroll, you know, and he plays plenty of like dirtbag characters. Oh my god, that's his MO. But yeah. It's always sort of a self-aware dirtbag. It's never just straight comedy dirtbag. Like even on Parks and Recreation, which is sort of my main my main my first and favorite variation of his dirtbag characters he's still like he's the douche i'm like i just can't he has a good i can't side. not I call mean, him the douche i've seen him he's in things funny yeah and i've yeah, seen him in things where he is a lot more unrelentingly like almost just cruel in certain ways like there is um i think it's is it adult beginners is the other thing i've seen him mm-hmm. in He's oh, a, un, almost an unrelenting asshole for a lot of that movie, and there's a good reason for it. There's there's plenty of like trauma in his past, like because he's got a shitty family life. That's the reason why. But like it, it's, I'm I'm here for somebody who's a complicated person to like. I could take the prickliest pair of the bunch every time. But like my god, make him at least somewhat interesting. He's just like a yeah. piece of shit he's from a the word one. Racist. There's yeah. no likability. Mooching racist in the show. Well, to give you a they're, better example, to I mean, this is yeah. played for a joke, but when they're in the, they go to a cafe at one point, and he says, "Oh yeah, we're surrounded." He's like, "This is a good place, I guess, if you like to be surrounded by a bunch of pretentious assholes." And then proceeds to order like a f- cafe foam macchiato, low on cream, or something like that, which is, I'm sure, <laughs> the naughty. Yeah, we're, we're meant to take that as the joke, as he is one of those pretentious assholes and can't like make be aware of himself. I think, or we're supposed to be like, yeah, he really knows his shit, even though everybody else here is an asshole. Like, I can't tell what they want us to do because he can yeah, only they, be they seen later, as a jerk. In the same scene, they make the, like, the joke about how uh, Andy, uh, Sam Hennigan's character, is like, he just wants a regular coffee. What? He's yeah, so he stupid. says coffee and a donut, like a normal human being. And then she's like, I don't even know how to, what's it mean? Like, have you ever heard what a coffee and a donut is before? And he's <laughs> like, he just wants a, uh, an Americano. Americano and a beignet. Yeah. Also, beignet is not a donut asshole. Like, that's not the same thing at all, really. It's just it's a uh-huh. breakfast dessert. Like, it's not the same thing. I would not consider a, like a donut. It's stupid. I feel like the main problem with that character is that either you have to have some sort of self-awareness redeeming quality, or you have to go all the way with it. You know, and there's sort of ABC sitcom they were not gonna go further and make him you know true asshole like terrible you know 
Is there a good analog? In theory, he should be like the Playboy caveman character. Yeah, like the Barney, Barney Stinson, basically. That would work. Yeah. You would, because then you have like an unrelenting asshole. But at least you know he's got his motives, and you understand why he is the way he is. This guy seems to have I, like a weird, like he's he's very like I, I don't I, I hate to like make it sound I don't like to. They are using very loaded stereotypes here. About, oh my god. I mean, we'll get into I, that for the second episode, but, like, it is not subtle that he is basically a caveman separatist, kind of, in a weird yeah. way. So oh, I think, actually, god. the most, like, obvious misunderstanding of, like, what his character should be is when you compare the two versions, because when he's watching the weatherman, uh, the caveman weatherman, and then this episode, oh, yeah, you're, you're a, a traitor, this he's, guy. He's a traitor. and then the, fir- in the pilot, he's actually like, this guy is, like, a traitor, he's... Like, an Uncle Tom is what he says, basically. Yeah, and it's just, like, what the fuck? And, like, fuck? that's obviously how he feels, considering how he's, like, he hates humans, essentially. And I don't even get what he meant it, by that. We'll get into that, too, I guess. But, like, wh- he wore, he wore, like, a little, like, Uncle well, Sam Well, I understand hat. exactly what he meant by that, Maura. I'm sorry you're white. No, 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 no. No, I know what he meant. Sense. But it's like, like, what was he even doing? He was just, he was, he was doing the weather, he and he wore... He was doing a weather and cost in his Uncle Sam costume while doing a dance. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, the thing is that joke only works. That like, because I feel like, oh, for it to really be, oh, okay, oh, they're making, oh, he's being the caveman, he's performing the caveman for them. Oh, he's a traitor. Like, he'd have to be like the hide sort of the ways they were using. Kind of, we'll get into the race stuff, I'm sure. But yeah. they were like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense as a joke about cavemen it makes sense as a joke as a race joke well yeah the, like, the original pilot is all the, all race it it's like race water wall it's just terrible oh, yeah. like but a version of the show that would have uh, been the pilot is very much like about race specifically oh, yeah. black people absolutely i'm but just the, like, mm. my biggest problem with that version of the show basically is the fact that none of the cavemen are actually played by black actors yeah, problem, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird like blackface situations going on. To be totally honest, like the way they talk about stuff, like it is. Yeah. There's there's certain points where he really? says things like I forget what I'll have to look at my oh. notes when we get to that episode. We're not but, like, uh, the the word uh, magger. Oh, oh no, yeah, mag- pro magnet. We'll get into that. Oh my well, god, that was which is why especially I'm like, there's no black people here. Yeah, and yeah. it just I mean, that. on one level, I, I, it just shows like someone in the room would have I hope like vetoed like you can't be throwing that kind of shit around. This is insane. That's why I said yeah. like this feels like what people would laugh at as edgy at like a, a, a halftime. Like, uh, Do we have any, like, I think we have an Indian uh, male writer on the staff. I don't think there are, like, I think that's the most we get of people of color on the staff. I would guess. Of all I these would men. guess that. And definitely not in right the main now. cast at all. Like, there's all Why white Why am I even asking? But are there any women in the uh, writing crew? I, writing? Oh, no, I believe it's all no. men. Yeah, of course. No, <laughs> no, what are you, Stephen? Men. All white men, or or yeah, oh wait, no, I see a woman. Oh, uh, Teresa. Teresa Rosenthal. So white woman, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see. White yeah. woman, but it shows. It really shows. Possibly on white guy. Yeah, and it's yeah. And it's there's, a, there's the Indian uh, guy. Kind of joke that you know, it's a freshman dude. Freshman at college, white dude. Well, it's like it's the equivalent of like it's like they for it's like they read they read a a book on like an introduction to I don't know 
<laughs> on, on like, I don't know, it's like their intro to anthropology or something, and they're gonna use all, they're gonna use all the stuff in the book to make all these edgy jokes about, like, social justice or something, but I'm like, yeah. you're on the wrong side of this, like, the jokes are how awful yeah. it is that people would find this funny. It's family guy. It's family guy yeah. satire. Yet to say, oh, where they try to pull off I feel like they would try to claim I'm putting this in their mouth. But you know what? I will say I don't uh, I don't begrudge Joe Lawson who created the show because apparently he's the one who created the ad campaign and then ABC's like, here, have this show. Like, what was he All supposed right. to say? Yeah. What was he supposed to do? <laughs> say, no, not, I don't want to... He's done other great things, so yeah, I, it's, he's capable. He's it's since just... worked for BoJack Horseman, Jane the Virgin, Interesting. Modern Family, yeah. Like, yeah. he, he got, like, his actual, I think, career off the ground based on this. Yeah. And I can't begrudge him for that, at least. No. Yeah, and I, and I, it's more shocking, to be totally honest, that they felt that this was going to succeed. Like, I don't know what kind of... What exactly. You, that's, what again, that's why I'm like, I can't believe this was on ABC I mean, and not an NBC thing. And the thing I just can't get over is this was a commercial. I just... I. It feels so. It was like 2007 that this, this feels ran. like a. Like, this I'll put it this way. This feels like a blink and you miss it joke on Arrested Development, and it's like season two. Yes. Or something. Like it yeah. is that laughably stupid. Like it would. Yeah. It, it makes the humor in it. If anything, they should have done a very self-reflexive show, which eventually, apparently, they did. Eventually, like you know, reference the fact that they were a series later on, but like. If they had been a little more self-reflexive, it would have kept not only with the tone of the original commercial, which is the whole point was it was breaking the fourth wall, but I think it would have been a lot easier to mind some humor oh. there because it's such an insane situation that they'd even give you a show based off of this. But maybe I don't know. Two thousand seven wasn't. As me. you say that, I'm like, huh? You know how what would have been an interesting format for this is mockumentary style, do a fake reality show. I feel like that could have been very interesting. All of a sudden, I'm like, huh, because you're going with the break the fourth wall, take it to the extreme and do that. Have them constantly doing, you know, talking to the camera, doing talking head segments. Yeah, that like, possibly that, could have been the better version of the show. If, like, uh, Nick Kroll owned that. That would be magnificent. I feel like the original pilot, with some tweaks, could have been a better show than what... Like, they completely retooled that. I'm like, no, you're going they in the wrong can. direction in terms of, like, the satire. Like, there should yeah. be a satire involved here, and I think is completely missing from the yeah. version. Yeah, I, I think it was they were too nervous to look back on themselves. Like, the satire they're doing in the Unaired Pilot was clumsy and not that impressive, but at least they were clearly trying to do something. Yeah. And the the one that made it onto the air was just, like... It hate women. The, the one that made it on the air oh. hate women so much. I don't know what the fuck like, that was. That's why I prefer the unaired pilot just because like the women are actually characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right, let's let's just, so let's tear into the rest of the first. There's really again not a huge amount. So okay. Basically, so we find out that there's an art gallery thing in the opening or. Where are they I, open out? Yeah, I forget. some kind of party. I want to say like it was... a, yeah, it is like an LA yeah. or something party. It's supposed to be some kind of a yeah. party. And yeah, it was, it was a generic cool party with like <laughs> capital letters. Cool. And, and capital Nick E, capital P. Yeah, Nick is bitching about the Flintstones too. Seth Morris, another comedian, who I'm like, why are you in the show? Yeah, <laughs> and they. They, of course, that's like thrown around almost like like a. I mean, again, their words, not ours. They're kind of treating it like it's like an epithet kind of thing, where it's like the Flintstones, and they're like, "Whoa, what the fuck? Why are you talking about Flint?" Like, 
How dare you say that? Like it's like oh, no, it's, so it's only Nick's character who gets like upset yes, about. But he gets film. and he he gets upset about it throughout the show. That's kind of his thing, and in both versions as well. Um, so he's kind of the you know, oh my god, what are you doing? Stop! You're, you're an asshole, kind of thing. Calls him out on it, and then um, they just. I mean, the episode goes on to introduce the in in from out of town. I, do we ever get where he's from per se? He's just, from home, where all the cavemen are home. somewhere. I think. And they My do reference later on, at some point, they, they say that they are back home where people are just like us, so it's presumed, I'd imagine, from this point forward, that this guy is from a place where they're well, all from, okay. and they're mostly cavemen, so, huh. and there's, like, many of them, I don't, it's unclear. <laughs> so, anyway, so, so that okay, happened. Okay, I that. I yeah. just sort of assumed it was a generic, because it was San Diego, I think I just assumed it was somewhere on the East Coast, because... I don't know, that just well, felt it's weird. So, it a, a weird I will say like a really weird, like specific that I noticed that I didn't even take a note on because it was so specific, but he orders a later on he orders a Gansett, um a Gansett light is what he says specifically. And that's oh, a yeah. Rhode, that's a Rhode Island beer that's actually quite rare, I thought. So like I've only ever seen all, it in uh, Rhode Island. But all the are. but I guess so. all right. But it's the equivalent of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, it's a very, I, I don't know what you guys have in terms of local brews, but I thought that was kind of a specific to the, I don't, have you ever heard yeah. of Gansett Light before? I, or? I have not heard oh, of it. So not I think it. it might be kind of like a Northeastern Enclave situation. So maybe, yeah, like, their the writers are from that area. I would guess. Probably. That's too specific. It's basically the equivalent of, like, that that beer you grew up on. Like, it's a shitty beer, yeah. too. It's like a... Yeah. Uh, we have a Natty Light here. We call them Natty Lights. Oh, Natty Light. Yeah. yeah natty natty light. Light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Yib Yingling, which is the nicer version of that. But, like, there are certain okay. things that are, you know, that trickle out to different distilleries and, and you know, uh, taps. But I think that was kind of like, okay, he's from the East Coast. They're on the West Coast. He's out of his element. I don't know. But so he, he, um. Well, his entire character and his relationship with his ex girlfriend doesn't actually make sense. I yeah. Wa- I want to know who she is. Is her ex girlfriend also a cave person? Like, I want to know. His calls? Yeah. Like, does and she want to have a threesome with him and her new boyfriend? Or And also, like, yeah. the, way, the way that he, like, responds to her. It, there was, like, a running yes. joke of, like, him. Like the car like, thing. Someone, yeah, someone's like, oh, come on, we're going to the car. And he's like, I don't know. They want me to go to the car. It's just, it's almost like a, I would have bought it more if we found out the entire time he was lying about being on the phone because it, it's that kind of like, yeah. you know when you have a conversation and you pretend, well, I've done this, where you like, pretend you're on the phone? It's like that. She wants to know everything about his life, As if she's this. sitting right next yeah. to him. And she's like, asking when, him like, questions. They want me to play like, racquetball. But why? Yeah, like, the impression they give us is that she was over it and was like moving she on, on him. and cheated on him. So I'm like, in wait. His car while he's at the dentist. It just, yeah, it's generic. <laughs> like you That's said, it's just very <laughs> woman hating crap. Stupid. Like, it's the best joke, and I didn't even hear it. <laughs> I laughed yeah, at you telling said, me. It's like, yeah, she was sleeping with another guy in your car when you were at the dentist. He's like, well, I was at the dentist for a pretty long time. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, the only decent joke, and I swore to God I somehow didn't even listen to it. Like, it, it was so That's generic. It was makes no sense in their, like, later phone calls. I'm like, but no, that was such... And I think that's another, that's another problem I think I had with just the general delivery of everything, is that, like, I feel like they're just waiting for, it's almost like it should have had laughs, like a laugh track, because it feels like they're pitching every joke, like, waiting for people to laugh, and no one ever does. I was gonna say, I was, my very first thought, like, after 15 seconds of watching, was, like, surprised that this was a single camera. 
Yeah. Not like a multi-camera on a stage with an audience. And don't get me wrong, uh, that probably would have flopped horribly as well. Like. But like, it I just seems—it seemed like they were acting as if they were going to get yeah. a huge response, like and they the never peak. did. Yeah, the way they would kind of let, throw a joke out there and wait. Well, they for are a, a lot of them. Like, are, I mean, it's not all of them, but like Nick Curl's a stand-up, so that's probably at that time also part of what he was doing. I don't know. But he, I mean, I mean I'm sketch as well. But more you know. surprised the show went with its women hating immediately when Nick Kroll's character oh. says, There are two cave women here, and I'm pretty sure they're together because, haha, lesbians. That was that's it. Why that's the that's joke. Why they wouldn't want you. That was it. That was the only joke. And then, then someone else comes up, I, Maurice, I think it is, and I, I don't know what he says. Like, he says some other joke about them being lesbians, but it was just. I didn't even listen to it. Like, it went in one ear and the other. It was stupid. I know Maurice is, like, from the, the commercials and all, so that's why he's there. But, like, How the fuck? honestly, Nick Kroll should have been that character. Oh, right. So we should say exactly. this. Exactly. I forgot. kind of dirtbag. We should have mentioned, after the first commercial was such a success, I forgot, just to mention it now, there were several dozen, I would say, follow-ups to that with, with the oh, King yeah. Men, which is where this, I guess, they thought it got legs. But, like, honestly... If you wanted, it's stupid, but if you wanted a show about cavemen, you should have just kept it the way you did it, and done, like, a 15-minute show on Cartoon Network, and then be like, what the fuck is this? Isn't this insane or something? Adult like, Swim. Adult Swim, whatever. That would have been a perfect Swim show. The cartoons had more of an observational humor that the show lost completely. Yeah. That's, again, like, that whole mockumentary, like, an office-style thing would have been better for the show, because that was more the sense of humor of yeah, commercial, you know honestly. what it, it reminds me of? Something that does it really well, and even for longer, somewhat longer periods, is if you ever want to have a really good afternoon, even if you don't watch sports at all, I, trust me, it works. Watch the Sports Center commercials. Like, watch the best of. Oh, yes. There's like, you could watch like 10, 10 15 minutes of just like, honestly, they're only like oh. 40 second commercials, the long, longest one, and they're all excellent. Like, it is a, they're telling little stories, and that's fine. Like, advertising can be really good that way, but like, you could make a show of just like a lot of those streamed together. I would watch it. Except like, Tell Robot Chicken Works. It's just almost no frog. thread line. Yep. Yep. You know? Oh. So but like they don't they don't do it. They don't they don't do it well at all. And it was just yeah. they they decided to take what was good about it and then get rid of it and then make it yeah. all about it basically just put they, they put it in a blender with a ne- like a regular yeah. sitcom and thought things would work out and it just did not at all. There is a place to make a like a clever, even just shaky satire with this concept, yeah. And again, it's the why it's pilot was on that track, even though it was it underestimated a lot of things and it just completely <laughs> missed a bunch of things. But well, like, yeah. it was at least on that track where if you had just rewritten it, like rewritten it, it could have gotten better. Instead, they're like, let's completely de- erase this and make something yeah. completely generic. Yeah, and yeah. And the weird thing too is, I think in that one, you could actually almost see like. The, the passion a little more which sounds stupid because it was still pretty racist but like you could still feel like where the the inspiration for making those commercials came from yeah. kind of still bled through a little bit in this one it's just sort of like dulled down around the edges like, I lost my exactly. will just pay me my money basically exactly. yeah I'm it's like someone one, it's like if you if you hire uh, someone to draw like a beautiful picture of like a caveman and then someone got like a crazy paper <laughs> just traced it over and you're like it's the same thing right like uh um, kind of, and then they're like, "All right, put it in a frame. We're gone." But that's basically we're the cool good. one. It's just they're, I, they're, it's just not good. Like, I can understand why the cast signed on to the original pilot, 
especially if like when we rights came, like they they realized that it would become a better show, basically. We should yeah. say then, you know, they were kind of stuck. This is yeah. also two thousand seven. So a Nick Kroll cast on a show in two thousand seven is not Nick Kroll cast on a show in twenty sixteen. So oh, yeah. they were and little known Mark, actors. Julie White and Caitlin Doubleday are great in the original pilot. And they're also oh, barely like, in it. So that's a I lot understand as well. why they, they signed on to it. Yeah. And then but they get in the reworked pilot episode oh, two is yeah. garbage. It is. It was it's a really shame. Bad. So so after after hanging out at the bar for a little while, they you kind of find out more about the fact that um, Sam Huntington's character, uh, I think it's Andy, right? Andy is in from yeah. out of town, and he's like, I guess you could, if all three of the, the people are like the, I, I guess you're supposed to kind of come across the the three roommates, like buddies of the three. Like the, Andy be the focus of the show. I mean, I don't understand. Uh, nothing makes sense. One of them should be... It shouldn't be Joel. Joel is so boring. Well, oh, Joel my God, boring, yeah. but, like, I understand in the, uh, the original pilot, like, why he's the focus. But, like, here, because Andy's the new one in town, shouldn't he be the focus? It yeah. really is. It's very similar to... I mean, not, it's, I say it's similar in the sense that it's similar to basically any fucking sitcom in the world, but it's like, the <laughs> friend, it's like Friends or How I Met Your Mother, where you have the three guys. You have, like, the Marshall, Barney, and Ted. You have the Joey, Ross, Chandler... Like, it has that sensibility there, where you have Joel as kind of the... the Joel is the Ted and Ross. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Joel is definitely the Ted. Um, Nick is the Barney or the Joey, and then that leaves Andy to be the... I would say, yeah, maybe the Chandler. That's a little... That's a little... He's he could be the Ross. He's Marshall, I, I guess. Like, yeah, and he's the Marshall. Marshall. Definitely the Marshall. He's obsessed with Definitely the Marshall. And, um... But so anyway, so those, those are the three guys, and Andy the is Dave. new in town. He is uh, home from... Uh, definitely, like, either on the East Coast or the, from, it kind of looks like a Midwest. Land. He definitely kind of comes Cape across Capeland, <laughs> but he's 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 a innocent like country bumpkin kind of vibe because he also mm-hmm. is carrying a uh, I don't know how to describe. I think of it always. I mean, this is a very specific because it's me. Um, the Euro trip style. Um, <laughs> uh, oh my god! Yes, like taped to your body. Uh, like, what do you call it? Like a wallet? I guess it's just like a, yeah. It's almost, like think of it like a a fanny pack that you tape to your body. Like that's what he has. Um, yeah, I have, have... A, I have a fun story actually. Euro trip was the first thing I ever torrented. Really? Yeah, and I have like a shitty like. Oh, yeah, I think we like had really shitty internet too at the time, so like it took forever. Were you like wow. checking back to see on how tor- how Euro trip was going? I had, like to do it late at night and like be really quiet. <laughs> Oh. So anyway, so and he he meet, he meets up with them and he's like the innocent naive like you know carrying the the, the little uh, fanny pack for with travelers checks, which I don't even know that they make travelers checks anymore, but apparently they do. It's yeah. like, two thousand seven. Like, old people get them. I think yeah. they, the last time I saw one was when I was working retail in two thousand three so I've never i'm seen like that's not totally unbelievable that they still lie. be there i don't fully understand what a traveler's check is to this day because i've never used one but i'm, I'm guessing you're not a real just, adult mora i'm guessing it's like a money order or something or a cashier's yeah. check i don't know but it's i dimly remember it or you can cancel it from remote i don't know it's, it's confusing but um but so he has traveler's checks but like he, of course, like, I, he's not an idiot, though. Like, he is, but he isn't. No. Like, at times he's fine. He's just, like, excited to be Again, there. His character is also one that's, like, pick a lane, what to basically. Do. Yeah. yeah. He's the only consistent character, really. Yeah. I don't know how much and of that's, of the like, the fact that it's played by Sam Huntington. I don't know. Because Sam Huntington has the ability to make every character he plays a teddy bear. 
including characters. Even a werewolf? Yeah, I was gonna say, even legitimately deadly people, like, like, when you come into a character with that kind of sensibility, like, innate, I don't think you could really dial it back 100%. So, I think he's supposed to be stupid, but he's still, like, a a lovable stupid, so he's just friendly. And sort of pathetic, and yeah. Yeah, and he's just broken up with his girlfriend, so he, of course, we only find this out, you know, hearsay, because he's been arguing with his girlfriend on the phone the entire time he's here. His ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. Because, again, he cheated on him in the car while he's a dentist. Like, they talk about it, like you said, pick a lane. Like, they're like, oh, he's drunk dialing. And I'm like, that did not sound like a drunk dial. And it all, yeah, the conversation they were having did not sound like a drunk dial to your ex. It sounded like an argument you're picking back up with your current significant If he's drunk dialing this much, like, intervene. Like, that's too (laughs) long. He's been drunk the entire day then, because he's on the phone with her the entire episode. And it's from yeah. morning to night, actually from night to night again. So it's really a long time for him to be drinking the whole time. And, and I think, yeah. I don't know, it's depressing. But he, he runs off, like, eventually he's, like, talking to her in closets and everything. It's, like, that level of insanity. But um, it, it, we also see the beginning of the, 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 the I guess you call it the B-plot, or C-plot even. It's it, Nick Kroll notices that he has a lot of money on him. Because when they go out to... In to... Traveler's Jack. Yes. Yes. Well, before that, we have to get to uh, Nick going through Joel's phone and texting his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. weird. That's hurting. terrible. I was like, yeah. nope, I'm, I'm already, like... I, I thought guess. it was his own girlfriend. I was Me like, too! Oh. I was so confused. That I was think so poorly telegraphed. Or something. Me too! Uh, and they did not telegraph that at all, because I didn't remember the name of the girl, so it just looked like a generic person, because Kate is such a generic name. So they, they just say... Uh, they say like, he, yeah. they're, all, they're eating breakfast in the kitchen, and... In this um, scene where they constantly Nick, call women chicks, that's the kind of guys they are. Of course. Mm-hmm. And Nick is, like, you know, asking him what is that, what's up with his girlfriend, and takes Joel's phone behind his back, texts text the girlfriend, like, hey, so what are we doing tonight? Or she texts him that, I think, or something. And he says, oh. I'm eating sushi off your booty, which doesn't even rhyme. ABC sexy, basically. Yeah, and ABC then she... sitcom sexting. Also, like, that's disgusting. And luckily, she... Uh, uh, approves of it. Yeah, she goes, Luckily. ooh, sexy, and he's like, ooh, she's adventurous. And Joel's, like, of course, furious that he's, like, you know, texting, well, sexting on his Honestly, behalf. Honestly, I was it's... just offended that it was, that sh- that was considered adventurous. So I'm well, like, I mean... really, ABC <laughs> not that kinky. Subtle the scene where Nick says, stick to your kind, crave the cave. <sighs> that was Which, nuts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to your kind that... is such a loaded sentence. How could you it deliver is that loaded line? Sentence. It's very loaded. How I'm like, you... I, I cannot deal with this character at all. Yeah, how could yeah, you, how could you say was... something like that out loud and not anybody on set think, like, mm, this is a little too far? <laughs> like, no one thought to, like, walk that back? Like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Not to get, like, too... I'm, I'm just gonna get slightly ahead. Like, he's clearly a hypocrite, too, because obviously he of gives course. Joel so much shit. But then you have Andy, who's, like, flirting with uh, Kate's friend later, and he has nothing to say, basically. Right. It's he yeah. allows it. And I, allows he, it. Hey, I don't know. Maybe if the show went on, they would have established he's just kind of a dick who enjoys... Yeah, he like, clearly can't get women, because well, like, all the other cave women are all, of course, lesbians. Oh, yeah. I'm like, if his M.O. was just, like, giving Honestly, it sounds like cave women have it figured out. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but, but, uh, so he's, he's, um, he's, you know, I mean, he's being absolutely ridiculous the entire time. But, like, they're all just eating breakfast. And then eventually they all split off to do their, Andy works every day, or not Andy works, uh, Joel works every day at an Ikea. 
Um, yes. It's, it's clearly not, not an Ikea. It's not an Ikea, but it's an Ikea. Like, down to the signage, it's the exact Ikea signs. Yeah. I mean, I both appreciated and rolled my eyes at, like, the wannabe Peter, Bjorn, and John Young Folks riff that was happening on the way to the Ikea. That was ridiculous. The, the Norks Blood or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah Norks yeah. Blood is what it was called. But, um, and the the colleague of there, of course, is also Nick Swardson. Who's of course only... it's Nick fucking Swardson, because again... <laughs> Everybody's People just show. are here for some reason. And he's, yeah. I mean, they're just joking about, like, he's trying to explain to him how to use a futon. He doesn't understand it. It's pretty stupid. Not how to it's use one, s- how to, like, set it how up. How to unfold it. It's like, but it's just basically pulling forward. Like, that's all it is. It's like pulling a lever forward towards you. It's not very sophisticated. So it's like, like kind of. more of Nick Swartz not knowing how to use anything in the Sam store. Yeah, it's that's very. Show. It's very, yeah. like, um, it's very. These are just sort of emptied lines. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's just like watching two people unfold a futon. It's exactly as ridiculously pointless as it sounds. But, um. I can, I can say that obviously they told, uh, Swartzen, like, to tone it down between, like, the unaired pilot and this because, like, he's so over the top in the unaired pilot. Yeah. It's pretty great, actually, with, like, how, like, terrified he is of doing any work in the store. Like, yeah. Here, it's uh, real fine, quick. But, like, I guess we jumped ahead too quick. I'm, I'm just—I have Wikipedia open while we're doing this, and I feel like I need oh. to intervene and explain this to you. This is how they describe Nick. Nick is Joel uh-huh. and Andy's roommate, a metrosexual, no, cynical, what? self-observed narcissistic, and pathologically lazy. Person. He's not metrosexual. He's none of those things. He has too many graphic tees to be metrosexual. He's oh not my god, enough. I wouldn't even mas- really call him cynical oh. either. He said he's oh god. cynical. Imagine metrosexual caveman. That'd be great. There's so many grooming I, possibilities with I that. I think that's Maurice right there. Honestly, he's the closest they okay. have. But yeah, Maurice still sense. has hair everywhere. Where's the wax caveman? Because you can wax most of that hair off. Like, let's that be real. That sounds terrifying, actually. Like, <laughs> like that's know. legitimate, like, though. That's not like uh, a true horror show. <laughs> I mean, if if you if you have people like waxing their hair currently, like you, it's just it's stupid. I don't understand why that. There's not any metrosexual about him. And then he said pathologically lazy at one point too. I don't think that's true either. Did we ever get that impression that he's lazy? Well, he's slacking off. Very on lazy. His... Yeah, he's super slacking on his dissertation. That joke is like, that he, like... he's supposed to be working on his dissertation and he's instead just like dicking around on his laptop and watching the weather. But they man still like that... go out and like have lunch and stuff and like go out to bars. Like it's not like I don't know. I don't consider him like pathologically lazy. Just like you know. Logically, no, no, I would say slacker. <laughs> he says that yeah. they say he has no real job. He claims he's working on his dissertation. Of course, that's true. And then tends to move money off of Joel, and I guess now on this one, Andy. Um, and then he says, "It says <sighs> Joel's the worst." I'm sorry, I'm reading a synopsis for an yeah. episode. I'm so confused. He's the responsible straight man of the group. You mean? No, I'm. Uh, of course, this episode that I'm reading about Fred Savage directed because Fred Savage directed like every. Everything. episode of a sitcom ever. <laughs> oh, Fred Savage. Bless. But, like, so apparently Kate and Joel are having relationship issues at one point, and uh, Nick has to get, like, uh, surgery, like, uh, appendectomy, and apparently during this time, uh, Kate and Joel break up, but then she learns about the major surgery because she thinks Joel's the one having it, and she comes because she's, like, worried about him, and then he gets mad at her because she only came because she thought he was having surgery, so he dumps <laughs> her again. Like, wait, you're mad at her for actually caring about you? Yeah. I'm, I'm so confused. And and on top of that, like, he is, I mean, it, 
he's supposed to be the like every man, I guess you'd say, but like he's mm. he's so boring. Like I don't like nothing about him would even seem to be the kind of person where you're like, oh, I've got to go hang out with him. Like at least you you know you have like I, I don't know who the equivalent would be. I guess probably I guess Ross or something. I don't know. Or, <laughs> like he's he's annoying, but at least Ross has like. Like, you understand Ross. Like, I, I guess not Ross is almost in a weird way a little more like Nick, to be totally honest. Because at least, like, I, Nick sucks too, but at least Nick has, like, some defining feature. Like, I don't know what Joel's feature even is. He's just, like, a human being. Like, I, I no, he's not even a human being. He's a human sapien. I keep, like, I hate that I have to keep bringing up the Unnerved Pilot because I feel like at least in that, like, it shows that Joel is, like, he tries very hard. Like, he wants everyone to exactly. like him. Right. And that's, like, he's, like, the Ross. That's or the, right like, he tri- actually, I was gonna say the Dave from Happy Endings, but I think mm-hmm. more the, um, the Brad, now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, he just wants everyone to, like, like See, that's him. A, and that's, he, that's a show. That's a show here, though. That's a show, too. He's so Happy boring endings. here. Happy Endings. I think we've gone over this before, so it's hard. I don't want to. It's never too much to talk about Happy Endings. No, no, I'm here, though. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> always up for talking but about like, Happy But, like, Dave and, um... Oh my god. Alex, the best character? Alex. Sorry, you're Alex. breaking up for a second. Yes, Dave and Alex. I know the best character. I, I was just thinking of her. I was just thinking of Alicia. I'm like, it's not Alicia. Um, <laughs> but oh. Dave and Alex are examples of characters that, like, on any other show with less writing could easily be just, like, these generic white people nonsense. And they are that on that show. Started, yeah. Don't get me wrong. They definitely have moments. Just, they make that joke where he just is identifying everybody by their various friends analogs. Right. He's and like, it's... oh, it's Ross and Rachel when he sees Dave and Alex. And he's like, it's Monica when he sees Pat Joey. Pat <laughs> Joey. But it's, it's, it's great because I feel like that's those are types of characters where I, they kind of lean into that to a degree where it's like, like, like you know, the, the it reminds me of like the deep V fetish where it's like, it's such a ridiculous thing. But it's like, when you have that, when you have so little going for you, literally wearing a lot of deep V's becomes your, like, trait. And that's funny. Like, that's that's great. Yeah. But this show did not have any of that kind of, like, let's talk about, like, how boring this guy is. It was so boring, boring here. So boring. Yeah. But so, so anyway, so, well, we'll, getting, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep that, but it's, there's so much to talk about with regards to the show. It's a total trait. You, you gotta kind of keep jumping back and comparing because it's like, oh, hey, like, they actually had this kind of figured out maybe a bit, and then they completely removed that. Yeah. I want to take a second right now, and we can discuss, since we keep alluding to it, the um, unaired pilot, and then we can jump back to comparing the two. Well, I guess I wrote, I wrote less notes for the unaired pilot anyway, so... I mean, the unaired pilot, cavemen are black people. That's it. Like, yeah. It takes place in the one. South, and cavemen are black people. That is what's happening. Here. And there's no subtlety there. Like, it goes to the degree oh, There was no... I my jaw literally dropped, and I even wrote my notes. My jaw has dropped when they're showing the convenience store robberies. Like they only put that it on TV when it's a caveman, and then they show the Primal Fury sketch, and I was just uh, like, oh and one my of them God. said, "Oh, but the joke." That's another one where it's like the joke is almost it's almost too edgy in a weird way. Like, oh my God, they're actually being this ridiculous. It's and they family could, guy. Yeah, and it's not to say that it's actually edgy. It's just, I'm saying it's it's like looking into the actual, like, real-life tragic events. Uh, it's transparent. Exactly, yes. And so it's that it's that transparent. But then they also blink because then he said, the one of the guys goes, oh, it looks like my dad. So it's like, 
So you're like you're acknowledging the stereotype. Like I don't fucking get it. I don't understand. Yeah. Like I don't. Well, black people look alike. Right. That's sort of why I'm why I'm keep making. I've made this a couple times, but that's why I keep making the Family Guy comparison because I'm like, I feel like they're trying to to do a similar thing with Family Guy where they want to get the credit for. They're like, oh look, we. Where's that? The Wikipedia description I was just reading. Since we're talking about it, the oh, show. Oh, is it the description where uh, the yeah. ABC gave that unique buddy comedy that offers a clever twist on stereotypes and turns race relations on its head? Its head. I'm like, I don't think race That's relations. Like Tracy Jordan would say on Thirty Rock, and yeah. it would be a joke. It's it's like saying it's like saying, look, if we. If we're being racist, it's okay if we acknowledge that we're being racist, right? Exactly. It's like, no, it's still racist. Again, the entire writing staff, besides one guy, they're all men and one woman, is yeah. white. Yeah. And so, like, all well, literally the opening montage, which is actually the opening credit sequence on both shows, to be totally honest, but I noticed that they, they lost a lot of the, uh, there's, like, a random shot of him next to MLK. And no, then, the, the, the original pilot one is, like, traumatic. Yeah, it's, it's, so they have an opening montage. These proud men and women may not look like you, but they're just like you. Uh, and then what? we have images of cave... Well, I, I don't know if we're going to say Neanderthal or whatever, but it's basically cavemen interspersed with random moments in history. Now, that sounds Only like... cavemen, no cave women ever. No, of course. Of course and, not. No, and, of course not. And, and also, like, like, interspersed in the sense that, like, they're just photoshopped into famous pictures from history... Which, I mean, some of them are with white people, but a majority of them are also, like, important moments in black history, like MLK's speech, which you have, like, a caveman behind it. I'm like, um, who the fuck sat there photoshopping a caveman into this picture and didn't think this was, like, completely insensitive? Yeah. Like, insanely Shouldn't they then be, like, more accepted by society if they're, like, that's the thing about them doing all the Photoshop. It's like, well, if they're clearly just regular parts of society. Exactly. The world building. Let's just, the world building in this is just. Iffy in both versions. Yeah. But it's confusing. Racism. We all know there's racism in this world. Yeah. It's not like they're unicorn. And that's why I'm saying that this show should have just done like, at the most, just there's only a handful of cavemen yeah. in existence. I'm like, is the joke that, like, I'm like, okay, if you're gonna do a racism thing with them, a one-to-one analog, then I feel like you have to do it in a world where racism itself doesn't exist if you're Which presenting is... them as the oppressed minority. Yeah. But I'm like... But well, also, like... Where he's, like, talking to the black bartender. And oh, the- I had... I, oh my god. <sighs> that was mm. so fucked up. Well, again, they even Nick throw, is a terrible oh, fucking character. We'll get, we'll get to that. There's a, there's a point where he throws that under the... Oh my god, I have so many. But also, like, for the record... Nick is an awful character. Also, in the yeah. opening montage, there's a... Uh, this is a weird side note, but one of the images has a Getty's image tag still on it. So I'm like, I, I don't... I couldn't decide. I kind of loved that. And then I kind of... I was like... Is this because it's a pilot and you just threw a bunch of stock shit in there? Or is it the... Because I, I kind of love that the Getty Images watermark is still yeah, on there. But that feels like too complex a joke for me. I, I know, that's what I mean. Where they would have fixed it in post. 
Because yeah. this, this didn't air only in Australia. I feel like if you had been able to find the aired version of it, it wouldn't have had that. I guess I think so. that's one of those things where, like, we'll fix it in post. But like, there were never really any posts. It just made it, like, right off the bat look so much less professional. <laughs> like, instantly, I was like, oh my god. Which I think I would have appreciated yeah. it if it turned out, like, the opening montage was, like, a presentation by a caveman, actually. Then it right. would have been even better. That would have been funny, but it was never... That's get it to the mockumentary version. Exactly. That's where have that sequence as a slideshow and then somebody saying that's why we should totally do a reality show about cavemen and you then guys, we're making cavemen a good show or at least a better show with our ideas yeah it's not that hard to like to course correct the show from those terrible opening credits what i really do recommend you go look at if you want to see like the minute they start it is instantaneously because it starts off like a ken burns documentary style where it's just a bunch of images with cavemen photoshopped in and it's like a narration where it's like, it's since the dawn of time, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then basically it cuts, like, one of the most swiftest, harshest cuts from, like, it's already pretty bad, but, like, jovial Ken Burns music to the three guys watching TV and cavemen robbing and people. nice fucking apartment, by the way. Yeah, nice yeah. apartment in San Diego, which is like, Jesus, okay, sure. With but, that like, Ikea money, and obviously Nick doesn't have a job. Right, so... Neither does Andy. I don't Nick must get have it. a trust fund. I, I want it. to reveal that Nick has, like, a Nick has to have a trust fund. fund. Give, no me, give me the cavemen living in an actual cave in San Diego... Like, why yeah. Although, actually, no. Uh, and Andy is not Andy here. He's Jamie. This is when he was played by Dash Myhawk. <laughs> oh, Dash Myhawk. What was Dash Myhawk? Oh. But so, no, Dash Myhawk, honestly, I think is good casting for the show. Yeah, but it's just like, what is he doing here? <laughs> all the cavemen should... I'm sorry. In theory, I think all the cavemen should have been, like, taller actors, like, who were imposing. Like, there has to be something that actually makes them stand out right. from everyone and else. Of, like, I can't describe to you how... Un unthreatening. If you literally like put unthreatening in a casting call, you'd get Nick Kroll and Sam Huntington and a lot of people. And I love them both, but my God, those are not very threatening people. That's the point. That's their type. And they made them cavemen, which I guess is the point. Is you're supposed to get these like average Joe yeah. cavemen, but they're just un unbelievable. And also, even so Travis Schultz, who shows up later as one of the better parts of the original pilot, <laughs> he could have been a better caveman. Yeah, honestly. And so, so they're. They, they show on TV a bunch of cavemen robbing places, and I, like, that is, it, 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 from the beginning, it just, it's a loaded situation, because they're talking about it in very distinct terms, I mean, are almost unequivocally loaded racial. Loaded language. Yeah. Real yeah. Loaded language. And so they, they I mean, I like White and Peplin, I was like, wow. Yeah, okay. I was, I mean, it's just a little over the top. Uh, and then, so they, so they, they say basically, uh, Nick Kroll is, like I said, kind of like in this, in this version, a like separatist version of himself, where he's pretty much just like they only put it on TV when it's a caveman, and then the, I guess he's also like trying to make, I wouldn't, he's not even making jokes, but he's just being like really like offended by it, and which I mean, it, it's so annoying because it's like, what are you, are you laughing at people being offended by that? Because exactly. that's a little thing to be offended by. But like, like who are we supposed to be laughing they, at? They here. undercut it by Andy, like the doofy of the of the bunch of them, being like, "It looks like Dad or our Dad or whoever." Or Dad, I forget who else the other person is. Is it Andy in this? I forget. Is Andy well, no, Andy is uh, uh, Sam Huntington. His name is Jamie here, and it's Dash right. Myhawk. Right. It's so fucking confusing. <laughs> but it's, so... it's not that confusing more if you pay attention. Although <laughs> even the Wikipedia doesn't pay attention. Right. It just says they were both Andy, but That's he was, was Jamie. <laughs> throwing me <laughs> off. I didn't know what his name was. That's all. But um, but so he he's like, it looks like Dad, and then the joke being that like Nick's 
they're pretty much making it like I'm trying to describe this better. So if you're not watching it yourself, you understand it. They're they're hoisting uh, Nick on his own batard in a sense where he is he is so I would say offended like he is he is uh, disgusted by the ra- tra- I honestly racially charged or, or yeah. specially charged. I want to say specious like um version of the news of cavemen robbing things because they only show it when it's a caveman. But like the joke is that like one of the other two of them sees him and thinks it looks just like their dad. So it's like, is it? Yeah. It's kind of like he's supposed to be like the, like the, the, the student who took a philosophy course and now he's like really. Yeah. Into like war. Actually, I'm going to change my comparison. War. It's, it's not so much the family guy. It's type of humor. It's the South Park kind of humor of, Oh, haha! Isn't it funny that, like Nick is supposed to be I can't decide again like what we're supposed to be laughing at are we supposed to be laughing at everybody who like lumps them all in together or are we, suppo- who are are we supposed to be laughing offended. At, or are we supposed to be laughing at oh these people just get offended over nothing I think that's I'm it like, I think we're kind of supposed to laugh at Nick like that's weird yeah, but I think we are Nick's yeah. a terrible character of the whole bunch yeah, yeah. Um, it's easy to laugh at him because he's stupid, <laughs> but like not easy to laugh at him because he's so terrible. No, no, laughing at him in the in the sense of why does this person exist? But like yeah. he I is, make, yeah. It's it's frustrating though because he's also put he's right in this in this. He's sense. right he, in these cases right here. But I mean, he, then, but yeah. that's supposed to be seen yeah. as him being like pretentious and wrong. It's supposed to be seen as being overly offended because it does but look like your dad. Is seen as wrong here? Because, I don't know. Well, no, I think you are. I'm saying this because here, here's how I'll describe it. Like, I mean, I don't want to use the racial terms that it's actually using, but just describe it in that in that term to, to give you an example of how I think they're trying to say it. It's like someone saying, watching TV, and then it's like a, 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 if they said like a black person had robbed something, and they're like, I'm so offended. They only put it on TV when it's a when it's a black guy, and then that's like another black guy walking in the room and saying, Hey, it looks like Dad. Like, they're basically saying, you're offended by something that's true. And it's not true, and that's ridiculously loaded and disgusting, but I think that's what they're trying to make the joke about. And it's, it, it carries on throughout. Like, I think Nick is supposed to be seen as the overly sensitive race baiter Yeah, or something. well, and he is, the fact that he's, he's the, the black power fact. guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's the black power guy who also doesn't have a job. Exactly. And he's that And that is exactly why I said, like, this is basically, like, halftime party edginess mm. because this is the kind of shit that got popular when people were watching football games and this would come on like ha, ha, ha. so they thought like oh their demos a bunch of stupid white guys in their 20s who will laugh at the fact that those, those black guys get so offended when i call them like this or that like, yeah. it's so stupid and it's not i mean and it's like it's basically it's the equivalent of saying it's a it's putting a white person in blackface and saying see can i get offended by this too why are you so mm. offended if i'm offended it's only if you're black I mean, huh uh, it's stupid. The fact that Nick, like the complete like douche of all of them, is the one who gets offended. I don't know. Well, to especially me, especially an asshole in this episode. Yeah, like, all was, the hate stuff. Yeah. To some extent, for me, I mean, obviously, I'm like the clearest thing is like racism, but also it felt to me very familiar dealing with, you know, being super liberal and progressive and also Jewish it also felt very familiar some of this where like all the liberals will be like will kind of laugh and say what are you talking about anti-semitism isn't a problem 
we all just hate Israel because they're terrible. And I'm like, mm, I just, this felt very much to me like maybe it kind of pinged my radar because I'm like, the joke is supposed to be, oh, what are you talking about? We're past all that. Nobody yeah, takes... Is, don't forget, guys, this aired in 2007. It's supposed to be almost... We're practically in the post-racial world of Barack Obama's presidency, so they clearly knew what they were talking about, right? No. It's it's a fucking absurd. I, I find it, like... It's, it's the people... I don't know. I, I find it... And it's also... Not, we're going back on the fact that, like, it's all portrayed and written by a bunch of white guys. It's like, of course they're going to love the fact that they get to write what it would feel like to be offended by things, because yeah. these are all white guys. Still, all the cavemen are played by white actors with white White skin. actors, I don't know about, you know, Bill English, but, like, they're what like, it's Jewish guys playing off the black stereotype. Yeah. And is, to some extent... I, it's sort of surprising that Nick is male because now that I think about it, he's sort of the Jewish American princess stereotype. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, I see. Oh, oh, okay. You <laughs> him the male to make him a parody of people who have feelings about racism because that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, who this is. Post- it's like a, society, yeah, it's like a straw man argument. The entire show is like a straw man argument where you basically get to like make fun of the fact that people who are everything that they're annoyed about being stereotyped in the stereotype mm-hmm. that they exist. Like it's the it's the person who on welfare yelling about having to pay too much taxes or something like it's trying yeah they're trying to have it i feel like they're trying to have it both ways where they want to be oh ha ha isn't they want to get credit for being progressive but they don't actually want to you know they want to make stupid race jokes terrible awful race jokes and also get credit for being progressive and being post-racial. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, it's like, we it's have to get this deep okay. into a fucking episode of TV of that like, caveman, but, like, that's... I, I promise you guys, we are not... Yeah, we're not... I'm only saying this because we're not even really reading that much too into it. It's just, like, almost the entirety of the on-air pilot is again, very again, heavily... My jaw was dropped. <laughs> yeah, oh. This is, like, by far one of the most racist things we've watched since Cop Rock, and that's a crazy sentence in and of itself, but, like, very true. But so, so we get, it's... Well, let's move on the scene, but I just want to point out again the the weatherman thing, and I know you guys were, like, thought, like, obviously his whole thing is being, like, too aggressively into everything, but, like, from the black perspective, I understood it just, like, it's, it's like, the whole... Al Roker, Uncle yeah. Tom type of thing is the way he was portraying I it. I mean, that's, that's why you, you just say, oh, he's just an, uh, an Uncle Sam thing. It's not that big of a deal, but that's like what they're trying to point out. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely got that that's what they were doing. My problem was just, I'm like, that that's lazy satire because you're not actually even doing the work of making it an analog. I mean, well, I, I get that what they're parodying yeah. with the like that sort of all broker you know ridiculous he screams at the tv sort of yeah, i thought it was like again my jaw was dropped because he literally said yeah. the line dance for the man monkey oh my yeah. god i didn't hear that that may be why i didn't yeah it's like holy 
crap that is. Holy shit. That was my thing at Who that point. I like, oh my god. If they were even going to put the slightest bit of effort, they would have made him like a Flintstones type. It put him in a Flintstones costume and made him wave a club at. That would have been better. That would have been so much better. Yeah, that's exactly this. what I mean. That's what I think. It, that's why it lost me. Is not that I didn't. I knew something offensive was going on, but I didn't know what it had to do with being a caveman. <laughs> Oh, it, it really I did, mean, though. Like, it went through all of the steps of being offensive. So I could tell, like, why they were offended, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's not even... You're not even trying to hide. Yeah, that's the perfect you're... equivalent, though. That's such a good point. You're, like, if you had done a punch of devil, it would have also been super offensive, but at least it would have been, like, the right kind of offensive. It would have been, like, okay. the kind of edginess that probably shouldn't be on ABC anyway, right. but, like... Why not, though? I mean, I don't know. This could have been saved. This version this of the could show have could have been, been saved. saved. Oh my god, just the image of like, or just like a mattress commercial or something where it's like, we're knocking down prices, and it comes out like pretending to be like an actual caveman. It would have been great. Well, he knocks out like a cave wall or something. Yeah, like something simple like that. Like jumping on a bed with a club. Like it's stupid, but like it's <laughs> it's it's more in the in the nature of like, that's, and also it would also make more sense that Nick would be offended by that because it feels like a more honest judgment on the TV. This felt like almost a yeah, cop-out. Why does he like, hate Flintstone so much when he can hate Captain Caveman? Right. It's it's stupid. I don't. He just hates everything, partly, maybe. It's a huge part, part of it. But, but so, and it goes on, like, we're not even really trying to dwell on this. It's, like, so entrenched in the show. Like, later on, when we get to... Just FYI, all this stuff we've been talking about, that's, like, the first two, three minutes yeah, of the original... Yeah, you guys know what the country club is named? I don't know if you guys noticed. No, what was it? White yes. Neck... Country Club. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Why that is. That is. <laughs> that is some fucking. Like they couldn't have tried harder if this was a show like literally stereotype. I mean, I guess that's all it was. It was like almost. It's like a skit for like Dave Chappelle that was not written well because it wasn't written by a black guy. <laughs> like it was. It's like they tried to. They tried to do a version of a show like that for white people. Because that was probably when Dave Chappelle had just gone off the air, Chappelle's show. It had only been off the air for a year or so at that point, I think. So probably it was a bunch of white guys who had watched a bunch of Chappelle's show and were like... We could do that, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't even... Like, if you yeah. hire a white guy, then at least hire Neil Brennan, because he was, like, the he head writer on for the show. And he wasn't doing anything, so, <laughs> Jesus. But so, um, so the, back to the Ikea store in this version with the much more, like, I, I guess flamboyant? I don't know. Nick, Nick yeah, Swarson like, gets a lot more to do. He's, riffing, basically, and it's I kind of appreciate Swarson. that. It's what Nick Swarson does with whatever he does, yeah. So, it's nice to see he's him so not He's so terrified, I love it. And he, yeah. he yeah. meets the, I respect uh, it. The blonde yeah. fiance, which is uh, Kate in both of them, and she's now, uh, she's the, like, I guess you'd say, like, rich daughter of socialites who, are, like, work or go to a country club often, and yeah. she's uh. going to invite, um, Joel with her for the 4th of July, I guess, like, cookout, it's like a, but it's yeah. like a honky-tonk Barbecue, cookout. yeah. Yeah, because everyone's the just cowboy cowboys. theme, and, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> and also, it just sounds more loaded race-baiting, because it, mm. there's nothing subtle about the fact that she seems very nervous to, like, introduce him to her parents, and he's like, mm. well, no, after no, the first time she, they met, met her dad. Yeah, hit, we'll reintroduce. He hit yeah. her dad with a golf the club. was that he, he and her dad have met before, and they had, like, yeah, he accidentally, <laughs> like, clobbered her dad with the golf club. So, and... like, her dad has given him a chance. 
Yeah. Happened. And honestly, that's a good reason to dislike someone. He hit me with a golf club. It's pretty legitimate. Like, that's... What the fuck were you doing? He's and trying to make it up to her dad. I is... forgot about the club thing, because then when he says it played into the stereotype, I guess that's part of it, too, is that he hit her with a club. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Moore, did you watch this? You really I did! your hair done. Fitting into the stereotype of a woman. Oh, white woman from the suburbs. Uh, Ubered home from the hair salon. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but she, so, so they were, they're basically like, he's nervous about going to this country club party because even though he has met the parents before, he didn't think they liked him much in the beginning and he definitely Again, knows he the father hates him. The father. After that, yeah. And the mother, he said it's kind of up in the air, he didn't mention her much. But we'll get to that. She's amazing. Yeah, they're um, engaged, yeah. and he wants to ask, you know, the typical Parents. permission. Wants yeah. to get so, his blessing. For blessing, yeah. yeah. And so later on, they're they're also playing chess again. They're back at the, I guess, at the apartment, and they're just playing chess. And this is where Nick starts unloading some of the more heavy, like, weird uh, moments where it becomes, He's like, truly racist. Yeah, and it, it continues to be, like, uh, one racist tri- diatribe after the other. And in a right mm-hmm. way, like, he has some p- points here and there, but, like, yeah. again, he's stealing them from people who were genuinely oppressed and aren't and again, Yeah, like, the, I felt like the joke is supposed to be that we're laughing at him. But, like, in the scenario, he him. doesn't have a point, though, because yeah. so Joel t- tells him that, like, he's going to the barbecue, because Joel's, like, dressed up as a cowboy, and, of course, Nick has to mock him for that. And yeah, then Nick's like, well, if you know it's okay, then why weren't we invited? It's like, it's his fiance's family exactly. And you're why would you be invited? And like, thing. he's a total drag. Like, why would you want you at a party? You're terrible. I'm like, it's not unreasonable that your fiance's roommate would not be invited. I'm like, yeah, but of course he makes it entirely about race, which again is supposed to be yeah. the joke. I think is like this guy's obsessed with race and he likes to feel like he's playing the victim, and he's not because, because in this case it's not actually he's about just an race, asshole. Because as exactly. Kate says in a later scene, she it's loves his. She loves Joel's brother. She, yeah. She hates Nick because it's Nick's a piece Nick. of shit. And also, yeah. like, he throws around the sentence, too, just to make sure that we're not over... Again, I feel like it might sound like we're overanalyzing this. He says they've been oppressing our people for centuries. So, yeah. it's not a subtle thing. At one point, yeah. he literally says, they've been oppressing our people yeah. for centuries. How could you, like, be with, like, a... Uh, he calls them a sape, I think, in the other one, too. Oh, yeah, like, sape is the it's word. It's the equivalent uh-huh. of, like, calling them just, like, white talk. Let's cracker or something. Like, and talk about, the like, the terms that they use, the epithets, because... Holy shit. Well, we're about to get on the way to the... We'll get, we're almost there. We'll, we'll get to we'll the point where we're in the car. Because okay. I don't want to spend any more time on that than we need to, because... Oh, oh my fucking God. God. Oh, I... Spend a lot of time on that, because holy shit. But so they, they, later on, they're hanging out of the pool, grilling, which, again, I think is supposed to be part of the stereotype of, like, what's so wrong about us? And then they're, like, being obnoxious at a pool. Like, I don't know how someone couldn't love us. It's, it's like, again, it's is... not them being obnoxious at a pool. It's Nick. It's all it's Nick. Nick. It's oh. always Nick. And he's the person who's offended by people being offended about, I don't know, I don't know what he is. Jamie, the brother character, he's, like, he doesn't have, uh, in this version, he doesn't have, like, the baggage of ex-girlfriend. He's just kind of, like, delightfully oblivious here. Yeah, and we yeah. should also say, too, what's confusing a little bit is that... He's sort of the joey. Nick is, Nick is offended by all of this oppression, which is obviously something that, like, there's a dialogue there in what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be spoofing. It's not true, but, like, what it's supposed to be trying to take from. But, like, 
he's also not really shown dealing with a ton of this, like, oppression that he's talking about. Like, it seems like they're living in a post-racial world or something. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, yeah it's their not, apartment like, is huge. It's gorgeous. Yeah. They're, they're, they're successful. The, the guys at work are nice to, to Joel. I mean, he yeah. doesn't interact with anybody. Well, I guess it's, like, the manager, too. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's and, sort of, again, where I get into problems with the world building, because I'm like, if they're supposed to be this oppressed minority... And that's not to say that there aren't successful, like, the equivalent of, like, people... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like what well, well, need... Nick is trying to... It's, say weird. It's, it's, it's a existing. weird decision. Like, I so- feel like the joke is supposed to be, haha, Nick thinks he's oppressed when he's just a douchebag. Like, he's a douchebag, absolutely, but... Why would, he, why would Nick expect to be invited to this party? I understand him being like, hey, Jamie should be invited, and obviously she has no problem with that. Yeah, so Nick okay. is terrible to her. Yeah. yeah she, I'm like, she, she puts okay. up with a lot the entire episode, to be totally yeah. honest. Wow. Mm-hmm. But so they later on they're hanging out at the pool and he they're just more berating of Joel. They eventually get the invitation because he just basically gets to the point where he's like whatever. Because he also describes well, I mean you, there is an awkward moment where I guess you could kind of say there's some of that like weird like racial like mm. you can't really it's like supposed to be like a, in, you're supposed to be, again they're supposed to be well they're I mean this is I don't like the comparison because it's not the same but they're supposed to be a, a quote unquote interracial couple even though they're interspecial which is a horrible pair of words to have to put next to each other because it's not true sure? and I hate it but that's just... what this show does like in its like details it's literally offensive like that alone the fact mm. that they're comparing race to species is disgusting like that is the whole point like I don't know what they don't understand is so offensive in... like, I don't know how this got off the ground to be totally in, honest but... in their defense okay according to Wikipedia the writers and producers clearly intended to portray the pot- protagonists as or like Homo neanderthalensis which is anatomically different from modern humans, but sufficiently closely related that they are not necessarily classed as a separate species. All right. <laughs> Although I, I do think at one point they do mention species. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I think, think that someone right, throws but... the species word in there. But anyway, it's more, I mean, maybe I'm looking at Wikipedia and they said it at some point, so fingers crossed I'm wrong on that. But but certainly there's supposed to be, like, the interracial relationship here, because she gets this, like, awkward, like, well, they weren't really invited, because he, he, basically well, Joel has to point really out. they weren't invited. No, no, exactly, and she's right to say Joel's that, but, like, like, no, they weren't and Joel invited. Didn't, and Joel didn't ask, it wasn't like he asked and she said no, and then, like, she's, like, he's, like, awkward. He'd never even bothered to ask before now, so... He didn't think she's, about it having a, him over, honestly. And it's a pretty last minute, because you don't know what the numbers are like, so it's a little rude to do that, but whatever. Yeah. He asked her. She's a little uptight, so you're kind of getting that, like, okay, you, it's hard to read how much of that's, like, her being annoyed by him and her, versus I think at her as, like... She is supposed to be somewhat like I think the rich white girl is kind of the vibe. Yeah, but I mean she's just nowhere just like, like her friend who. No, it's <laughs> I a appreciate level. the actress who plays a friend just because obviously for this uh, unaired pilot she does the southern accent that's gone in when the, in the aired pilot because obviously there's why would there be a southern accent in San Diego? Oh I yeah, gosh, I, I didn't never realize she was the same. Oh my, yeah, she was same, she was completely character. Delightful. She's not, I wouldn't say, like, offended by him asking, but she's definitely, like, a little put off. But she says, okay, it's fine. He pushes her on it because I think he knows that he's going to go back to Nick and get the criticism of, like, what did you, like, let her walk all over you? Or, like, of course we're not invited. We're, we're cavemen, and they don't want cavemen at a country club. Because he even says something along the lines of, like, well, who other cavemen are going to be there? And she's like, um, well, the golf pro and mm. some of the guys that work on the staff. Like, it was pretty fucked up. And that's, like, a yeah. gross comparison. Like, 
fuck you, what? I mean, I know that's a joke of, like, the country club, but, like, I've been to plenty of country clubs that have plenty of black people. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Are you sure city. you have? I've never been to a country club, so I wouldn't know me if you're telling the truth, Laura. <laughs> no, me neither. Uh, well, the ones I've been to have... Like, I've been to plenty of country clubs. Like, that's normal. <laughs> it's usually for weddings, so I guess maybe that's part of it, but, like, I don't know. I've been to some. I've definitely been to a few, so, I don't know. Well, not normal, Mora. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so... <laughs> but, uh, no, I've, I've definitely... I have. I mean, that's just a fact. But I guess it's... But the joke is also supposed to be, basically, that he'd be the only gay people... He'd be the only gay person there. So he's like, oh, no. So he... She... He explains, like, he'd be more comfortable with his friends there. And that's an honest argument to make. And she says, okay, that's fine. They'll come. Even though his one friend's a piece of shit. He should really, she really should say, just don't invite Nick. But he, of course, can't do that without causing a scene. Um, but so he's like, alright, great, they're gonna come. They all dress up as cowboys, like they're supposed to do. And, of course, we get, like, the classic 2007 uh, slow-motion walking montage to Jets, Are You Gonna... Yeah. Girl. So, honestly, I kind of appreciate this episode music. of music because uh, yeah. that at least yeah. covered up, like, like, in the second episode, like, there's, like, we were saying all those pauses for, like, applause that don't exist like it could have been better if there was music covering it all up yeah. i do want to say and i love I think those some rolling stones at the credits also the closing credits really i do want to say I though stones. i know they played bowie yeah, yeah. They, they also play, again this is um, all stuff they couldn't afford like if they actually had to air it if, like oh, this is like they had to change it in post they also put, they played uh cake short skirt long jacket at one point as well yeah. later on yeah. But, um, I do like, this is a slow motion walk, and they're, like, off court, like, straightening the bolo ties and stuff, and I was watching this with my mom the first time, and she literally just looked over at me and was like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, exactly. And, no like, argument. exactly. Like, it's been bad up until this point, but, like, she genuinely had to, like, say it out loud, because, and my mom does not find that, like, she'll, she'll watch a lot of stuff that's a lot, like, she's been, like, mainlining all of whatever the fuck. Does your uh, mother not appreciate a, 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 a very cliched Reservoir Dogs uh, homage? I think it was just like the cut, the slow motion cut to their like faces and the makeup, and she was just like, "This is stupid." Because this is also the same person who's watched like thirty episodes of Cedar Cove on Netflix last oh, week. Oh wow! So this is not somebody who doesn't have a high. Mom spent the la- my mom spent the last couple months or so mainlining all of CSI on. Whatever streaming platforms were available. Yeah. Well, so. I don't. I don't know what Cedar Cove is, but it's it sounds terrible every time I watch it. It's a Hallmark show. Also, okay, my mom's been that. watching Stranger Things, and uh, your mom wins. <laughs> yeah, basically. Stranger Things because uh, her yeah. husband loved it, so I'm like, all right, we'll have to try that. My brother-in-law was Stranger like, great. I gotta yeah. try it. Yeah. Yeah, but so, so she so she was offended by this. Just I think on a, on a level where she's like, this looks stupid. Basically, it's like I don't even know why you're watching this on like a aesthetic level. I'm like I don't know either. Oh, your mom so, has better taste though. Uh, overall, my mom's been okay, watching Stranger Things and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and I'm proud of her. Oh nice. god. But so, then we get the scene where in the car they're all driving to the beach. Oh, remember Nick's not dressed up. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing like a t-shirt and like slacks or something. You can't call slacks. him metrosexual like, in any form. It's not even close. You're right. Like it really is. Like not even, maybe later in the ep- episodes. I mean, we're just sort of going through a grab, like playing 2007 Mad Libs. Like were you well, just through a list of words that might describe a character in 2007 and 
drew one out of a hat, and that's how you pick what Metro. What might have happened is what I'm thinking. Maybe later in the series, like, they needed to find him better, and they made him that, but he's not that now, and if he ever becomes that, it has to be another, a distinction. I see another version of, like, the synopsis that says that all three of them are metrosexual. Is it just because what they're the cavemen fuck? who act like humans? Because either oh, way, oh. it's wrong. That race is even more really sketchy <laughs> issue. And I'm, I'm even more... Would you say they're because... articulate? Oh, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. But you like true. that? You but like what's, that? What's disgusting on another level, too, is like, the whole de- definition to me of metrosexual is a, is a man who, I would say grossly, not grossly in the sense that they can do whatever the fuck they want, but like Excessively, it's Barney would, Stinson. It's that yeah. Is. But I, I, I say I only say it in the sense that, like or, literally the, the word "gross" of, of manscaping Ryan is basically yeah. gross. <laughs> like they would they would pluck their eyebrows, which is totally fine, and I don't have anything like that's fine. But like these cavemen are not doing any of that, so I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like that's the bare minimum of a metrosexual is someone who waxes their their chest or their eyebrows. That is like what people make fun of regular non-metrosexual people for being mm-hmm. metrosexual. Because that's just, like, taking care of yourself. And you're like, ooh. But, like, true metrosexuality is, like, matching your shoes to your tie or your, your, yeah. like, your socks like to your tie. Yeah, like an adult, really, honestly. Honestly, I mean, to a degree, you're right. It's all stupid bullshit stereotypes of gender. But, like, I, I think this is I mean, not even thing, close though, about to... The, the thing about metrosexuals in relation to this is that, like, in the Wikipedia, it says that some cavemen attempt to pass as homo sapiens by shaving yeah. their bodies. Other cavemen call them shavers. Those would be maybe the metrosexuals oh. on See, that's yeah. truly a metrosexual. Oh, I, I don't fucking get it. Metrosexual is a stupid fucking term. <laughs> I, I'm about to say that. I, I I love this because it's just like it's the it's the, it's the exact like why I hate this is basically the term metrosexual originated in an article by Mark Simpson published in 1994 in the Independent describing men as metrosexual men, the single young men, high disposable income, living in a work living or working in a city because that's where all the best shops are. It's literally it's just a, a professional, like an adult man who has a like a white collar job. Yeah, it's just, that's it. It's, it's not who it's does not what the amount is. of work that women are. It's like, like a, it's like a yuppie, honestly, is what it is. Yeah. Except uh, it, it describes mostly people living in urban areas as well. Men who so aren't slobs. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Right, but he- so and I, it's just people who don't want to. I mean, I hate the fact that the fact that they use sexual is the part that I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Like, because the, the assumption is that a man is like naturally just disgusting in general. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, it, um, to me it's also just neat. Like I don't know what sexual has to do with it. Like that as a as a as a Latin verb that has nothing. Is to that sense. if you're neat, you have to be gay? Well, that's it. It's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a play. I mean, I'm not even saying it. I think it's been. There's probably been full articles written about the fact that basically using the word sexual is just a play on. Well, that's the entire point of. That was the entire point also of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy to make Mm -hmm. metrosexuals. Like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So stupid. Exactly. (laughs) But so, anyway. Anyway, so in the car, I, I I couldn't even take notes at one point because it was so upsetting. Like, I couldn't understand what they were even trying for here besides mm. being offensive. Of course you couldn't. You're super white and you go to country clubs all the time. It was unfortunate. It, it was very obvious where they were going, Mora. Oh, no, no, no. I knew where they were going. I mean, I'm sorry. I should have said, I mean, I mean more like, I don't know what they're even trying for. Like, there's no winning in this. Like, it only sounds mm. terrible. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, what are they trying to we achieve? All we all lose here, exactly. It's like, yeah. this is bad for everyone. It is, I mean, you you mentioned the the, uh, the Family Guy situation or, like, South Park. 
I mm. like a lot of those. I don't like actually Family Guy at all. I find it really boring. But like South Park, I don't love, but I understand like the gist of it because like some of it's funny, whatever. But like but when you it love gets both Family Guy and South Park is what you're saying. Of course, <laughs> they're, they're my very favorite shows. Um, but no, they they both to me at their peak annoyance levels are when they're trying to be this version of just. How mm. far can we push the envelope till it falls off the table? And it's like, yeah, you mean when we're tr- they're trying to show how cool they are for pointing out how people get offended over things? Exactly. And I'm like, oh my god, I have never met people more offended, more, more ready to be offended yeah. and victimized than people trying to make fun of people being offended and victimized. Exactly. That's is... the joke. Oh, it's like all the uh, the eggs on Twitter who are saying everyone's too politically correct, and then they get angry and about everyone being politically correct. Oh, yeah. Just generally. Uh, we kind of brought it up before, but it's such a... This is almost like... This little scene is almost like a advertisement for diversity in a writer's room. Because, again, if you had had more than one woman or one maybe one non-white guy in a room... Or white straight guy, I don't know, maybe some of them were gay. But, like, if you had more than one of any of those in a room, somebody would have talked this through and not seen... Because when, you, when you're in an echo chamber and you're this far down the list of things that are funny... Quote-unquote funny about people being offended by race... This is just going to be another one they could throw into the fire. And it's like, oh my god, this is just, it's its just, no, it's not a cherry on top. It's a piece of shit at the very bottom. Like, I don't understand. But so anyway, so so they're driving in a car to the country club. And, and Nick is, again, super edgy for wearing just a t-shirt and jeans or something, whatever he's wearing. And they're wearing cowboy outfits. And they start throwing around. Jamie's cowboy outfit, by the way, is pretty it's flashy. It I love great. it. It looks, it's adorable. Uh, I kind of, kind of, this, I kind of wish the show could have had both Dash Myhawk and Sam Huntington because I think that could have been at least a fun, a fun interaction. Yes. Nick Kroll should have ran far, far away. Oh, honestly, yeah. This is a this is a really, really like inside baseball thing, and I, I know it, you're going to probably be offended to me for even bringing this up, <laughs> but it reminds me of such like a classic vintage Jason Doring out of Ready to Run. That I'm just, <laughs> wow. I was it's feeling like baseball as inside being a goober. I know, but so for those of you that understand that reference, good for you. If not, Google Jason Doring, ready to run, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But so anyway, so he's in the car, they're all in the car. I don't even know what the conversations they're having were, because they start saying the word Cro-Magnum, which is, of course, if if you're familiar with the, whatever you want to call the the hierarchy of the genus of of cavemen, it's just like a Cro-Magnum is just a version of a Neanderthal, I believe. But they're using it in a way that is very distinctly supposed to be an analog for the N word. Yeah, and it and it goes to the point where at it some gets point, more and more blatant, basically. Mags and it goes to and he's it's the N word, you guys. It's yeah, the and Joel is Ugh. Joel is is supposed to be the uptight guy who's like, we don't use that word. And he's like, it's okay. Well, and of course, we even have like the mm-hmm. same argument. Like it's crazy. Where he, where, where Nick. It's okay. Uh, they, they when to Nick say it, we're allowed. Yeah, to Nick's say like, it. We're allowed to say it. And he's like, no, no. And they argue about it, and, and they start throwing the word Cro-Mag around. It's ma- and like, then they Jamie, go from Cro-Mag to Mag to Magger. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie gets involved, I mean, like, but it's clear like he obviously does not know what's going on. Yeah. He's just like now, we're doing wordplay, Cro- right? <laughs> yeah. Now this is a this is a, this is a, this scene is not complicated because it's terrible, mm. but like it is a divisively ridiculous scene because not only are they being pointed about the fact that it's supposed to be like you know an analog for the N word, it's 
it's crazy because you have someone who's supposed to be, I'm assuming, someone who's capable of using the N-word arguing against it. So you have more of that, like, weird, like, Uncle Tom bullshit. But also you have, like, this, this, this switch over to the, I want to enunciate because it's disgusting, but, like, the Cro-Magger situation mm. is bizarre because the, the I mean, quote-unquote joke is that Cro-Mag is a legitimate, like, abbreviation of Cro-Magnum. Yeah. Or yeah, you want is, to call that. like, is it start because Nick's, like, just saying that Kate's, like, in her Cro-Magnum phase or something? Yeah. I think so, which is also fucked up. But, yeah. like, yeah. listen, Cro-Mag is stupid enough, but that's just an abbreviation of Cro-Magnum. I'll, I, I don't like it. I, I mean, it's not for me to be just offended, it's, but plenty of other people can be offended by this, but, like, like okay. that's terrible. But, she like, when you offended. add on... <laughs> yeah, I, when you add on the the, the Cro-Magnum oh. part, it's like there's no subtlety there. That is that only there to be offensive. Yeah, exactly. There's no mistaking that. And then it goes so Do far it. as to, Stop. at some point, I forget the, even the, the situation in which presents itself, because there's probably no re- real reason for it to present itself, but Nick begins rapping and using the lyrics of Sir Mix-a-Lot yeah. and yeah, baby got back every other baby word got back. with mag. mag and yeah. And, and What's really frustrating there is because it also feels like even more lo- loaded terms because you're using an epithet, essentially, like an analog for an epithet, to make fun of the epithet in a way that you're not even properly using it in context. Yeah. Because when like rappers they use, use it as, like, use, a noun, as a verb, as a, they use it, like, they replace every noun in Baby Got Bat in the first yeah, couple that's, verses of Baby yeah, I Got that's Bat where Jamie, with Mac. Yeah. And I'm like, um, that's not how that works. That's where Jamie joins in, and I'm like, this is clearly, he doesn't know what's going on, but he's like, hey, we're rapping. It sounds like Mad Libs with the N-word, and I know that's a fucked up sentence for me to say, but that's basically <laughs> that's what it is. for this episode. It sounds like yeah. Mad, Mad Libs with the, with the N-word. But it's, it's disgusting. Like, it's, it's, and it's like, you hear Nick Kroll doing it, so it's really like, and it's distinctive because it's like, he's, he's being the same kind of version of Nick Kroll he's been in other shows, so like, you almost feel like, I kind of get what they're trying to do here. But my god, did no one see this and think this is, like, a borderline hate speech? I mean, it really is, really just hate speech, but it's, like, only just removing the words. Like, that's all that's there. Because if this were, if you literally <laughs> subbed in the N-word, even just the words, the N-word, it would be enough to be, like, get, it would be, it would never air. Like, which I guess this didn't air, but, like, it's just, it's crazy that they thought that this was enough. Like, this, you have not changed it enough. It's disgusting. Yeah. It, it really, Here's the thing. it's a shitty- I like, for all of these mm-hmm. actors, obviously, we keep asking, like, how do these this actors decide to be on the show? Like, obviously, you know, they're actors, they they're struggling, they need the money. That's Nick Kroll is the heir to billions. He does, yeah, he, well, he does not need the he money. Try- he was trying to make it on his own. I, I understand but, like, that, but, like, certain things, I, I want to believe someone has the awareness, like, if you're reading the script... So that's why I wonder I about know. that one. Just I want, it's like, uh, I mean, this you could have pulled out, man. You could have pulled out. Yeah, you should have pulled out. <laughs> that's but... what she said. <laughs> that's better humor I than what they missed. Yes. Thank you. But so it's, Thank it, you. It, 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 no, no, huh, no pun intended. It devolves further from that. And it oh, just that was garbage. More... You shouldn't even like put it, no pun intended. Just because. <laughs> I honestly almost started to say that. Like, bullshit. An, 
Yeah. But so Just, But so it, it is straight up insane. It gets further and further. So and then arrive? they pull up to the cl- country club. Like, it's oh already bad. God. And then the country this is club. My thing. Is oh, uh, when we're done talking about all this, I'm going to read Nick Kroll's blog post about the show. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. wait. Oh, my God. Um. Basically, so the, was, the country like, club is yeah. essentially a clan rally. Um, it's like <laughs> everyone, everyone's wearing cowboy hats instead of uh, clan robes. But like everyone is the most epitome of just like it, it is very specifically mentioned. Well, I mean, they like, walk into like yeah. Sweet Home Alabama is playing immediately. Yeah, but yeah. it's not, and it's not all... like oh, like oh, look where we are, music. Like again, David Bowie plays at one point, and I'm like, this place has the jams, honestly, for mm-hmm. music. It, it was a fun time, but it was def- definitely supposed to be like an us versus them situation because they walk up yeah. and they feel very out of place, and people are staring. And again, it's one of those things where like thing, though. The, the only us versus them thing is is like Nick making it an us Nick versus making them it an thing, us versus them. Yeah. Which is, again, what are you trying to say? Yeah, I mean, my one of my things is like okay, one of the jokes they do for a bit after that extended deeply uncomfortable ride to the country club to white neck country Fucking club white neck. is that they get stopped at the gate and oh right the, yes and they're not allowed the gate, in the guard is like you're not on the list oh sorry you're just not on the list and does that and ever really resolve itself besides like they just get it in it doesn't i guess That's they stole that thing. golf cart but like is that all of a oh, sudden yeah. they're like driving in on a golf cart to the party. But that's also like pretty a, fucked like, I would up. the so only have... actual reason is that, like, there was a misspelling well, or something, because there's no reason exactly. why Kate wouldn't, like, just have his name there. Exactly. I'm sure he's, been, point... he's been to the club before, obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. When they arrive, Kate is like, oh, I'm so sorry you had to deal with that at the gate. Ugh. And then it's never mentioned again. I'm like, that would have been an entire episode yeah. of any other sitcom. I'm like, this is the thing you fail at, like, you're relying on all these sort yeah. of traditional sitcom cliches, but that right there would have been, like, an entire episode Be- of a traditional sitcom. it makes of an no sense of Daryl Wallaby being put away. Like, it makes sense if they're like, hey, he, your friend can't come in with his t-shirt and cargo shorts. Exactly. I'm like, that would have been a whole episode of Friends. That would have been, like... The in everything past the teaser and well, no, as, the last as two minutes proved, before the credits. The characters and friends yeah. would have gotten in because you know they're all white, like Mora. Well, so yeah, they would have gotten in immediately. True. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say no true. one checks my idea. Oh, no, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's. But it's. I mean, there are ways. I think the part of the problem is they're they're clearly dressed as cowboys. Like, why Besides else would they Nick. be dressed as Nick cowboys? Nick is the one problem, and if they just point yeah. out that our friend is the problem. Yeah, we're here to carpool with him to work, and we're here for this because Nick could just be like there for work. I don't know, but like it, it they was could have pulled aside, or they could have made Nick stand outside, and Nick would have like added that to his fake persecution complex of like, oh, this is so terrible, I'm being persecuted standing outside at the gate while the other two were allowed in because they're clearly in cowboy gear so they're clearly here for the party i'm like you know even that would have been a more interesting episode having nick feeling put upon and oppressed and trying to find ways to sneak into the party yeah but the thing is it's like i don't think nick actually does feel put upon it i mean i guess in this situation we're supposed to be like it's a direct, like, you know, them them being, like, misjudged or something. But that's, I mean, I guess that's partly true. Obviously, they're being stopped at the gate. But, like, 
But again, like, the fact that that's never actually resolved. Yeah, well, I would like to have known how that was resolved. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe, maybe he I'm just like, checks the list again, and they're there, and he lets them in. Like, I, we don't see it, so yeah. I don't know. Or, like, they call her, and, like, at one point, he's like, oh, she's not picking up her phone. Joel is like, oh, Kate's not picking up her phone. I don't know what the problem is. And I was like, oh, so the whole episode, the rest of the episode is going to be them sitting outside the gate trying to get in. And then, no, next scene, they're riding up on a golf cart to the party. I'm like, okay. The episode, like, makes it clear, like, Kate honestly does not have a problem with, like, the relationship she's in or, like, the caveman at all. Like, if she was answering the phone, like, it could have been explained, like, oh, she was trying to handle her crazy parents because she has crazy parents. So okay, or let's get like into this. We finally, or... we finally in this version get to meet Julie White, and she is a delight. Like really um, meet Julie oh White. Oh my god! Yeah. She oh my is god! Absolutely fantastic. She has a line I love. They, I don't know. They cut to her occasionally, and she'll have the most amazing lines. I'm like, she is a treasure. Wait, before we get to Julie White, real quick, just like a second before it, I, I want to say I appreciate one moment, but I also think it's like this is not the kind of show where that belongs, which is the cater waitress just devouring a hot yes. dog. No I thought that, you know what though? I've been like, so well I've been so well trained by like Comedy Central TV shows that I thought, oh, she's a new friend that we're gonna know for the rest of the season. She belongs like on a better comedy or like the, the show should have just been that weird in the first place. I, fu- that I thought that was gonna be like a, the the friend that was like the girl's friend that worked there or something. Like I thought of course she's now like a, a character being introduced and they never show that girl again. There was no was reason like, for her fuck? to be eating that hot dog and I loved it. Was it was so great. I loved her. I, I completely noticed that as well. She was great. But then, but like when Julie White's introduced, there's a little confusion there because I think at first she's supposed to be, I don't know, she's obviously clueless in a certain direct way. Like she, she's just kind of I don't, the I guess she, drunk mom. I don't know if she, yeah, if she's met Julie. She's but also she a little... know about cavemen and she asks if they eat raw meat. <laughs> she's clearly an alcoholic. Oh my god. I mean, I, I'm it's saying that, I think calling her an alcoholic is almost like an insult to alcoholism because <laughs> she seems more like a walking cocktail. Uh, but so she, she's Lucille Blue. Yeah, her blood al- her blood alcohol content is never like above a certain like she's just always at a certain level. But so she's just walking around, just sipping. I think like gin or no vodka, vodka and ice because she says it's, yeah. it's so hot and gross. She's like the only good thing is the vodka and ice, or the only good thing is ice and of course vodka, uh, <laughs> which just means she's drinking straight vodka and ice, which is amazing. <laughs> I don't want that to be true. I don't know. That's how you gotta do it. I don't know if it's true, yeah, but that's I, not normal, you guys. I mean, I drink whiskey on ice. I, I love it. But it's just, it's funny to me because she's just, it's just a delight. I mean, there's no other way to s- describe her. She's just fantastic to watch do anything. And so she's, like, walking around. She's asking uh, a bunch of questions of, of her daughter, like, you know, getting them prepared for the for her, her fiancé to show up. And um, she's asking what she should put out, if there's, like, if the food's going to be enough, if they want raw meat, which is absurd. And then um, her friend is also introduced. But, I mean... Obviously, she's assuming that they would eat raw meat, but what if, like, in theory, a caveman would want raw meat so he could cook it himself? In theory. Yeah. I think the, I think the implication is they're eating Based it. Based on, like, actual cavemen. Yeah, I think the implication is that he, they eat it raw. Literally raw. Mm-hmm. Like, basically kill something and eat it. But I, it's stupid. Like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty mm-hmm. narrow stereotype. And um, the, the friend, Thorn, which is a weird name, but like, that's her friend's name, and she, she arrives and... It's a weird name, but it makes more sense as it was developed when they were, like, southern characters. Yeah. And she she is equally, like, overcorrecting. Like, I think the mom and, this, and the friend are supposed to be kind of, like, the... Like, they're almost... The, the, they're, like, the... It's weird, because it, I really do... 
I feel like when they they started this show, they wrote down like every every type of person that is is a racist or or feel, gets racism upon them, basically, and all the different ways that it happens. And they wanted to like cover their bases, so you have like the father who's like the uptight racist kind of thing, versus like the casual racism, which is the hypersexualized racism of a friend. And then well, yeah, the it's, it's weird because obviously the mom the has like her drunk preconceived notions and Thorne obviously is the like the party girlfriend is like what's what? the sex like, like? obviously we're doing the black guy thing yeah. so like oh you're fucking a black guy but like by the by the time she actually starts hanging out with Jamie she's like oh she actually likes him yeah it's weird guy, so it, it's it's know? it's funny because it's almost like you can see the two different writers on it like someone did the first pass and someone actually punched it up with decent writing like the the, the, the boring version of this would be her just basically like meeting him and dragging him to a bathroom instead she like meets him they dance they get along that kind of stuff but like he's like the life of the party honestly yeah and honestly she could have easily just walked to the walked with him to the bathroom the very second she meets him it's the fact that she actually goes through the other steps is like okay she converses with him about her ex-boyfriend to me that like, that looks like something that might that might have been added after the fact to me i don't know but well no this is like the original pilot i guess because like yeah this is the one that's just joe lawson this isn't the one that has the two writers that's the second episode they start dancing of course she's like obsessed with the fact that like she's dating a, a caveman and she she's interested in potentially finding her own caveman to dance with this is also where the father gets introduced, and this is what I mentioned before. It's John Hurd, who you might know as the father who's screaming a lot during Home Alone. So, so in this scene when he's introduced, there's like a weird slow mo shot of the father drinking whiskey, and then there's like American like brass instruments kind of playing. Like, it looks like the, it's like the national anthem or some bullshit, and it like slow mo shot. <laughs> like it's- you know. Some bullshit like the national anthem. Please let it be uh, known that the views of Mora do not, do not represent the views of the podcast or me. <laughs> I love America. I don't know about this terrorist over here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it I could love be America worse. so much, and I I disagree with all these people. I have to quit the podcast now. But so the dad, the dad notices a friend nearby Joel and then like goes up and says hello to him instead of Joel himself and Joel's like completely like you know devastated by it because he knows the father already like dislikes him probably well, understandably for getting he hit clubbed him. he clubbed him and now he's like oh my god he definitely hates me because he's ignoring me and pretending he didn't see me or or purposely ignoring me because he doesn't want to deal with me and he like basically like throws a like has like a conniption and like you know I mean he's not too upset but he's definitely like ups- he's, he's more not nervous. clubbing upset yeah he's more nervous now to meet him again because um, he's now it, it also just like put off the encounter even more so it's awkward um, and then there's like a buffet dinner in the meantime where caged- and also Julie White is a caged animal <laughs> yeah caged animal that's that's so great she's <laughs> I kind of I, I want to describe her a little bit better because like. We have, like, cakes, short skirt, long jacket just, like, playing in the background. There's a buffet dinner. And you have Julie Julie White walking around, like, basically, like, sloshing vodka on rocks onto the ground. Like, not even say slurring her words, but just, like, sh- like shouting out one-liners and, like, like brassy, like, Julia, Julia I mean, White I don't mean situation. to spoil for people. It's like, I'm cheating on your father. Yes! Like, she's just, like, exactly what you need in a show that's trash otherwise. Like, she's just what you ordered. Yes. And so... She knew she knew what show this should have been, and no one else took her advice, basically. God, I would have been into that. There's this Futurama scene. Um, it's great. There's this episode of Futurama. I love Futurama. I could do a whole podcast. That's a good show. Futurama. Yeah. Yes, it's magnificent. Where, like, they're at some, I don't know, meeting or other, and... 
surprise, like, I want to get some food. Let's find, let's, I'm hungry. Let's sneak out of here. And he finds this random meeting and he's like, this is perfect for me. And it says, like, people who are cryogenically frozen. And then at the bottom it says free food. And he's, like, pointing to the free food section. (laughs) And they go in and, like, one of the people there speaking as a caveman who's like well everybody else was like frozen purposely or accidentally even accidentally sometime from like the 20th century onwards like fry is the the earliest guy there is from like the 80s and they're like i'm Oh, you know, oh, when I, when guys like, when I was frozen, giant carrots had taken over the earth and now they don't run it anymore and it's been an adjustment. And then they cut to this like caveman who's like, well, I, as a caveman who was dethawed as a scientific project, I face different, different challenges from the rest of you. And one of those was, seeing my wife on display in the British Museum and he's like tearing up and I'm like I would watch that show about that caveman I show I I want exactly so like there are things to, to to pull from that experience like you're saying like there's some beautiful like there's like an element to it the same way you can get from any kind of like a zombie or a like um a vampire, like, that kind of stuff. Like, there are certain elements to, to, to drill for, but they just didn't, they threw all of that out the window, and they made it entirely about, like, the non-caveman experience. Like, I don't know what they're even trying, well, I know what they were, but, like, it's just, I don't know what they were intending to have happen here besides be, like, a quote-unquote edgy comedy, because it's not actually anything to do with, the fact that they're cavemen feels irrelevant, Mm. is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. They could be any kind of minority. They could be Latino, they could be Jewish, they could be black. It they could just... be gay, they could be... Mm-hmm. It, it, it could be anything that you're just going to drop in a bunch of people who, you know, change some words here, and it's going to be the and same that's show. Sort of, that's sort of where, as a queer Jewish woman, I have a problem with it, because I'm like... That's sort of where I come in, where I'm like, it's that South Park and Family Guy comedy. I'm like, you're not actually making fun of this you're doing the same ironic like mocking of it that everyone else does where you're trying to have plausible deniability i'm like you're making the douchebag character the one who takes offense to all of this yeah like oh i see okay so yeah, no, that is really fucking offensive, but it's the D-bag character who's offended by it, so and like supposed to laugh at him. Well, the rest of this episode, too, like, there's some weird moments, too, because they introduce this, the old lady, Mrs. Winston. I don't even, I think she's just a random person who work, who goes there all the time. Yeah. Is that her grandma? I thought maybe she was, but she calls, she calls her Mrs. Winston, and that's not her last name, so I thought okay. she literally just an old white lady that they're, like, checking around. But she's she's just basically this old lady. I think maybe it's like her country club or something, like the equivalent, or like some yeah, she's, she's one some of the, rich the lady. Then. And so at one point, I, I, there's a. I mean, she's this close to saying you could charm the black off a telegram boy. <laughs> yup. <laughs> and then choking to death. Uh, 
but like it really is because there's a moment where you have like she's just talking slow and I I can't waiting for what the joke was because like they halt the party to have this woman talk and she doesn't say anything she's like rambles on it's weird there's joke there I mean well the joke is for Nick to make fun of her on uh, her on Nick because Nick's being a complete asshole to her that entire scene this is where I realized, like, oh, I'm like, obviously Nick Kroll's not doing great in this role, because he hasn't really found maybe his quite his acting style yet, but I felt like, this is the closest, this scene. The moment I thought the was closest the closest scene. is, like, the end of the scene with him and the old woman, where he's, like, the president thing, but, like, before yes. that, I'm like, he's Does just- you own slaves, like, or is that, that he's being now? terrible to Kate for no reason, because- we'll Yeah, no, again. he's being terrible the whole time, that's true. I, I don't disagree. I mean, I meant more in the acting style, because <laughs> this is the exact kind of, like, thing he does as- as- as Roddy Ruxin, for example, on the league, where he does a lot of like, you're talking, oh whatever, like or like he'll pretend he's talking to no one and throw out a bunch of one-liners, and that's like what he's very good at is because he's basically good at like putting a, a wall up between him and the person he's he's playing off of and pretending like they're not listening to him. Yeah, so that's what this woman's doing. She's rambling on like this old lady's rambling on, and later on, like he's so sure she's not listening to what he's saying, like he literally goes, like at one point I forget the exact phrase, but it's something along the lines of. Did you own slaves, or is that, like, passe now? And, like, of course, the funny thing is she has no reaction to that. But, yeah. like, the joke is, like, she's, like, this old white lady. But also, like, he's also kind of true. Because I think he says, do you own slaves, or is that passe now? So it's, like, really, he's supposed to be making, like, a quote-unquote edgy joke, but, like, it's just not landing the right way because yeah. you're not writing it That's for that kind of a delivery. The world-building questions because I'm, like... Are they supposed to be yeah, just were cavemen slaves? The people? I got questions. Exactly. I got real questions because there's a lot of it's a, and then there's like they really and like full of them who are immortal. Are they like vampires? That might. I honestly, be as much as you could talk about it more, I almost feel like it's 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 a service to talk about it at too far a length because it's just embarrassing to even make the comparison. Mm. But that's what they're yeah. doing. They really are making it very unequivocally in a comparison to. Yeah. Like, yeah. basically, like, him bringing up slaves really just, like, solidified. I mean, he's always been that way. Later on, he talks to, well, we're about to get to that, too. Uh, he, well, anyway, so he's explaining to the father. Uh, Joel explains to the father. Oh, no, why I, I thought we were still talking about Nick because before he's well, even talking to the old lady, that's when he's talking to Kate. And he's basically, again, saying the whole, like, she's in her magger yeah. phase or whatever. Yeah. Like, Nick's the <sighs> kind of character where it's, like, Okay, we're at the point where the main character is like he's in a serious relationship with this woman. They're engaged. Like the main character needs to drop it. this guy as his friend. Yeah, yeah. Or at least we should find out after he attempts to do that that there is some soul behind this friend. But they never yeah, do that. They never not. go to that Like place. he's just blatantly offensive to her. And oh God, it, it makes Barney Stinson mm-hmm. look like a fucking like well, hero. That's not saying thing. fucking I'm like, something. Again, either he needs to have some kind of redeeming value. Well, they have to show that she has, like, she actually is a problem, but we don't actually see that. Yeah. Like, like I said, like, Caitlin Double is actually really great in this role. Oh, as, gosh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. like, the character, I'm like, oh, this is much better than what she gets stuck with, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there are some scenes earlier on where, like, you could contest what they were trying to do, is making her, like, maybe she's 
kind of a little racist or something. But, but it's like, it's like, obvious she's just like, trying no. to, like, avoid having exactly. them near her so family. Yeah, that, it didn't read so much clear. to me as racist as just waspy, yeah. unable Ignorant. to deal with confrontation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because, again, exactly. her mother... <laughs> is exactly that. Oh, her mother. Um, so the caged animal. <laughs> so I good. love her so much. Oh, um, Julie White's so character is the unsung hero. Honestly. And so after the old lady like talks them out, um, uh, later on Joel finally gets a hold of uh, the father and explains to him to John Hurd and says, like, look, it was a mistake. I was just he trying to like just want know. John Hurd in the bathroom. Yeah. It's yeah. Bad. It's bad. It's a bad decision. And then like... eventually he he goes so far as to like father fo- uh, follow the father out of the bathroom and then tries to recreate the swing. Like like look, see it wasn't that bad. Mm. And as he's doing that, he hits a woman clear in the face. And it like, was just such hits her hard. I mean the, that the, was fist. again it, one of those moments where I'm like, that's just such what the fuck was that? sitcom crap i'm like but that like, why make it a woman why make him hit a woman why not make i mean i know why but like what the fuck like why make a poor woman get whacked in the face with his practically closed fists like it was awful and oh, then you know it's like even i actually kind of do appreciate because at least it's one of the more subtle hey they're black people things uh <laughs> it's when uh, Julie White uh, mm-hmm. comes to uh, to Joel and says, "You have such pretty hair," and she touches yes. it. She's like, what? Oh, yes. White people are always touching our hair. I was waiting for a joke about that, and then it didn't happen. I was like, "Wow, that is that was like, is that subtlety?" That was the most subtle moment of this episode. I'm like, "This is brilliant," because yeah. people don't seem to believe that. Like, yes, white people, white strangers, just come up to us. Uh, and touch our hair. I loved her, but like, she's also a real piece of shit. The character you can tell, like, she's more, she's, I mean, she's, she's lovable, but like, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, like she you is. said, though, that was so subtle. I was surprised. I was like, is there a deleted scene where they do more with that? Because, I- like I said, though, I really feel like they put down a list of things that are like racially like charged things. And this, like, check them off one by one. It's but really that simple. White people seem to not believe is actually a thing. So I actually appreciate it. Oh, that. I believe that. But so anyway, so they uh, they proceed to start betting on this horseshoe game because in the meeting, in the middle of this all, they've been, like, based, the old old white guys have been just throwing around horseshoes. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, Joel goes and gets gets another drink and sees a black... I think it's Joel. Or was it maybe Nick? I think it was it's one Nick of them. But like the black bartender. Nick. Because Nick sees the black yeah. bartender. And I don't know what the... A dick. What the fuck was the joke even supposed to be there? Yeah. Oh, you I think it was supposed to be like, like cavemen, apparently. Again, I feel like there was ah. like a cut scene there. Same thing with the hair. Right here, this is the plausible deniability where it's like, well, hey, even black people treat uh, cavemen like second-class citizens, so the cavemen can't be black people. Exactly. But what's so what's fucked up here is that like in this situation. They have the, I think what I can, from what I saw, I, I might be wrong, because maybe there were other black people at the party, but, like, it didn't seem like there were a lot of black people at that party. So you have the only black person in the room is a bartender, and then the caveman- Poor, you're being, the one like, who went to a country club a million times, why are you so surprised <laughs> by this? No, 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 no. But, like, I say that because, like, they have him looking, I mean, quote-unquote looking down on the caveman, but also, like, the caveman's a guest at the party, so, like, it's, it's, like, such a shitty, like- 
It's like the people that try and yeah. like pit pit other people who are oppressed against each other to to fight it out. Like it's just stupid. Like it I don't just, find that like you were saying earlier with the world building. I'm like, okay, cavemen are. Are you saying cavemen are black people in this world? Because if so, then what happens with black people? Are <laughs> black people? Is there no race? Should a cavemen have been the bartender then? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's what's so fucked up is what I'm saying is like to make it a black guy is like to make it an even more loaded situation. Like it, 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 it fucks it up a whole other way. Like I, I just it was disgusting. Like everything about it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the black guy, the the black bartender who's who like of course like kind of says like oh I thought you were he asks like are you staff or are you a guest or something. But also, like, he's, he's asking that. Dressed he's up. dressed like an asshole. Like, of course he's gonna question if he's, like, you know, there for the party or not. And he's on top of cargo shorts. Yeah. Of course they're questioning this. And then, like, Nick gets the chance to be, like, offended again, because that uh, seems like what he's trying to do. But, like, in, 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 in turn, he's taking a drink from a guy who's working as a bartender, which is, again, no problem. Like, yes, he's, he's working. That's his job. But, like, it's... The only person there not dressed as a cowboy drinking a lot of, like, wicked whiskey or whatever. So it's, yeah, like, a little it's a fucked up situation. And I don't know, I almost feel like to a degree, the way, the way they, they uh, blocked that scene, it almost felt like Nick kind of, like, moseyed up to him, like, hey, what's up? You know how crazy this party is? Like, me and you, black guy? Yeah. It's like, no, like, you're not a again, black guy. To quote happy endings, it's like he wants to say, what we be saying when they ain't around. Yes, it's fucked. Yes, and, and and he just wants in on the. I feel like this is all like, I feel like this entire show was either well, probably not accidentally, but like it was a Trojan horse for white guys to feel like black guys. That's basically what the oh show my was. God. I know it's loaded, but I feel like that's what it was. It's like they wanted a way to be. If they wanted an invite to the party, and they never got one, so they literally oh, yeah. wrote it in, into existence. But so that's what happens there, and then so the in the meantime the, uh, the I'm cheating on your father happens with the mom where Julie White just blurt- literally like her daughter walks up and just her daughter walks up like honestly this is what's so great about the scene is like it'd be great on like an indie movie or something it's that it's well delivered in that sense she's such a good actress she's, like the daughter wanders up next to Julie White and she's just sitting there holding her vodka on on the rocks. And just, like, turns over and just blurts... I think she might say something else. And then she just turns and just goes, I'm cheating on your father. Like, completely <laughs> inappropriate of everything. Like, wait, and then, like, it cuts away. Like, it's... what is happening? Yeah. And it literally... I think it literally cuts away right afterwards. Yeah. the perfect cut for that. Like, you don't want to see any reaction. You want just to cut away. It's perfect. And that was great. Like, that is a moment where it's like, see, you're capable of making decent TV. You're just not doing it all the time. Exactly. And then... At the the rest of the show is like basically it's them. No betting surprise, on the, the women are the best part of the of the episode. Obviously, honestly. yeah. And honestly, this also to me also is a great example of why I feel like they just kind of like whip themselves up into a tint like a tizzy and then just drop the like they didn't they got too far off the game because like they start playing this horseshoe game it gets out of control. Yeah, that gamb- was a weird little subplot. And uh, we'll wrap it up now. We'll we'll wrap it up, but there's really only like three more scenes, and then, like, the it just ends abruptly. Like, there's no real resolution to a yeah. lot of it. So well, I mean, it starts with Joel coming up to the bar, and, oh, because he's tried to make nice with Kate's father, and he's all depressed because right. it didn't work, and and Nick Kroll, Nick, that, I keep forgetting that his name is Nick. He's like, oh, you have to show them. You have to be the stereotype and beat your chest. And I'm like, wait, what? Okay. 
And then he goes in and he like totally blends like the joke I think is supposed to be that he blends in perfectly with these like waspy upper middle class douchebags by pretending to be one of them and oh ha ha my wife it's not even that you guys I'm gonna blow your mind it's not that he's blending in with them specifically that it's because he's the showboating athletic black guy he's athletic uh, black and that always fits in that's true like they they say on Unreal he's football black basically (laughs) oh Oh, it's true not Unreal yeah uh, but yeah, so he he basically then they all get to basically like, gamble Jewish, on how so good my, he is. My mind immediately went to assimilation, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's fu- it's fucked too because like they also like it's not even again it's not even just the star- this is why I hate this show <laughs> among many reasons. But like it's not just that there's like the stereotypical athletic thing. Like literally, it's it's like again a checkbox they just checked as athletic. Yeah. But like. On top of that, it's like, even worse because then they always end up having to validate this stereotype because he literally like barely even looks, throws a horseshoe, and it nails right onto the uh, the nail. So it's like Did it's like he cheats them. Like again, maybe that's he's a hustle. He's got the hustle. Like it's it's, it's stereotypes because the big payoff is everybody runs off up to Nick to Joel, like, Nick runs up to him and says, oh, I'm in trouble, you need to help me, all these white guys want me to pay them off, because I lost, I guess the implication is that he lost a couple of games, and I'm like, we don't, it's, oh, it's, it's confusing, because he goes from being, like, a, literally, like, a flawless player to losing all his money, I guess he could have a bad game or something, yeah. like, it was, it was a little confusing, but so he, he just comes back eventually, like, literally, like, $300 in the hole. And they're all like yelling at him for money, which I don't think would happen. It would just get it would get very terse. I don't imagine like an actual like brawl. It seems really I mean it's a sitcom, that's why they're doing it, but like it was a little bit much. And it would have been more it would have been better if it had been like more like awkward because he would have felt like they were gonna call the cops or something. Stupid. In poor taste, old chap. But yeah, dead. but so I'm going but like so, Woodhouse here. All while this is going on too, like, um, Andy, which is Huntington, has been um, dancing with the friend of uh, exactly the girl, he's the fiance. Really having a great time poor bastard they're just a, the, they're a delight they're dancing moonshine. yeah and she's like moonshine in her boot it's pretty great and then um oh, and her just ex-boyfriend getting... played by Travis Schultz who's upset that he didn't she didn't go to the dave matthews band uh concert yes with like, oh my god great. she was like living the stereotype That's also like where were like, they where is this country club Virginia? If there hadn't been shots with pine trees on streets, I would assume this was supposed to be Virginia because Dave... They might have shot this in New York. Again, it's Virginia, then Atlanta, then Virginia again. So the two friends are also, in the meantime, like, getting super drunk. They eventually hook up in, in I guess, like, a a bathroom, like, a girl's bathroom, like, waiting room, and then into a stall. And, um... I don't know what's supposed to happen. I'm sure there's supposed to be like a shooter that'll drop with that or something. But they at least she, they, like the, there's no meanness in that that plot line, which I appreciated. The other ones were all full of like awfulness. It's obvious like, that like it would be like it's also in like episode two. Like obviously they're going to have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems that they hit it off. In the like the joke in this pilot is that. He's had too much of her dad's moonshine, and he pukes on her. But he oh, yes. hear that. She's kind here. of still right next to him, and, like, her douchebag DMB fan ex-boyfriend comes up and is like, what? 
did he touch you? And she's like, not as much as I wanted on Blake. <laughs> so he does. He pukes I mean, like, like before they finish. I, I think too. I obviously, know. I prefer Sam Huntington to Dash Myhawk, but like the Dash Myhawk version of the character is like delightfully like just huh. a, like dense and adorable. As we said, the Sam Huntington version of the character yeah. is all over the place and might be insane. I mean, I I keep forgetting that they're like. Like not the same basic because you're right. Like I, I maybe it's because I associate Sam Huntington with being like a lovable teddy bear, but you're right that the other one is a lot more actually like doofy, which is yeah. funny. Cause, like, like when he's trying to choose Sam whether Huntington he should be Garth Brooks or Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah he's that's just doofy as fuck. But no, he's the Joey, whereas yes. in the aired pilot, he in the unaired pilot he's Joey, in the aired pilot he's Marshall. Yeah, which is, I mean, to say that they're obviously probably, like, very influenced by the, the original unaired version, but it's certainly, I think, they, they do it, they take it in a different direction, for sure. But, uh, so, she, so the, the, bed, the betting game concludes, um, he betting gets his game. money back. Yeah, betting game. Oh. The gambling concludes, he gets his money back. What's confusing here is that, like, it, that's it. Like, the show pretty much just wraps after that. Like, there's a well, couple no. awkward moments. It doesn't just... Wrap up a bat. We have they like have the sex, a, a, the like a Joel Kate moment, real oh. quick. It's like reminder that like, Kate is great, yeah. Joel's boring, and then we have someone stole the tip jar, and surprisingly, it wasn't Nick. What I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm like they, and then everybody turned like that's the last moment of the episode. Is that like the last thirty seconds? Is oh they're all relaxing again, hanging out and saying oh this wasn't so bad. This was nice. These people are just like us. And then somebody Fucked rushes up. on the stage and says, "Attention, somebody's stolen the bartender's tip jar." And slowly everybody turns to look at our heroes. At the three the fireworks that happened behind them. Yeah. Look, but, like, how does someone steal a tip jar? That's not a subtle thing. Yeah. Like, well, come on, more. A thief can steal things. I know at your country club, maybe they don't steal because there's no black people. <laughs> but. But, like, the whole tip jar? Like, that's a big thing to hide. Like, where are you going to hide that? Did you not watch the episode of Veronica Mars in season two? They stole the lockbox, which was huge. I was a pretty good yeah. shoplifter. <laughs> I mean, I but see, the thing is, like, shoplifting is partly just, like, confidence, right? Like, it's just taking the thing and walking like you already bought it. it like, a tip so jar is, is somebody's thing. Being white. Yeah, you're They're right. So I, they they probably weren't paying attention. That's definitely true. I'm not thinking of it in that way. I'm more just like, wow, I'm, I'm more, like, impressed. That's a pretty big thing to steal, is all I mean. I <laughs> think with that one, okay. if it's not Nick, which is ridiculous, then could it possibly have been the bartender and they're going to pass it off on the caveman? And then you have a black amazing. guy being the thief. And That'd be ridiculous, though, but it's, it's ridiculous. But no, because then mean, someone, they'll be like, their, their thinking is that someone will try to reimburse them. I mean, good for him, I guess. That just seems like a ridiculous plan. Because you gotta uh, hope that they're all gonna run and uh, reimburse you. Racism in general is a ridiculous fucking plan, Mora. <laughs> oh, I agree. Well, my thing <laughs> about the show, though, is that they're like, I feel like they're trying to go somewhere with this. Yeah, like, I feel like that's a pointed joke, but that's I'm like, but, but like, maybe did Nick actually steal it, or did some, we just don't know who took it? But, yeah. They just... what, what was the question? 
Sorry, did they ever actually say who stole it? No! Did you watch the goddamn episode? No, no, no! I'm just making sure it didn't, I didn't miss it. Because I'm like, I didn't see them. It was so nothing cut- you missed. It was literally the creature, but everyone thought they missed, like, they stole it. No, I wasn't sure if they, like, cut back to him or I missed kill it or you. something. No, no, no. I mean it in the sense that, like, they didn't cut to him, like, whoops. But, like, so, Dude, they I don't know the what trio, the- and, like, it's clear even Nick didn't do it, even though he's the right. obvious choice. But that's what's so confusing, is, like, this would make more sense if Nick had stolen it. That's all no, it makes sense because of racism, and even they didn't do anything, everyone assumes it does. Jesus fucking Christ. Now I'm getting frustrated because I'm like, ugh. That's I'm what, sorry. Did you not see? Like, there's an obvious reason why they would all look at them, and it's still bullshit there's a reason they would look at them, but, like, it's it makes sense why everyone would look at them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's... That's the thing that frustrates me about this show. I'm like, again, that's like that moment at the gate where I'm like, this could have been an entire episode. But so, so getting back to the other one, I mean, we kind of skipped over the end of it, but pretty much that one There's wraps no up very. All in this one. Yeah, it wraps up very, very similar to a standard Sip Kong episode. It's not anymore. Well, it does less world building somehow. If that's the quote-unquote conflict in uh, the episode that does air is that Nick gets it into Joel's mind that Kate is embarrassed to t- tell her friends about him. Because, yeah. You know, right. Again, it's just the phase she's in. Which is, again, such a fucked up thing to, like... What a bad friend. I don't know, Latoya, you can maybe sort of back me up on this. I'm like, as a queer girl, I'm like, fuck you, this... The pilot is even worse because obviously wow. either and either of both of them is like, oh, she's in her black face. I think in the original pilot, Nick also says it's like it's both the black face and also she's probably gonna have her, her quote unquote lesbian phase after this or something. Like that. Exactly. He's not, oh, Nick is her trash. He's the worst. Like who the fuck? I mean, it's well, this is 2007, I guess, but like in this regular this this half of the century like who is still having phases like my god is this is this like too i hate it i fucking hate that whole phrase she says it's a kind it's kind of a girl's night and he's like i could be the guy because it's kind of a girl's night so so he he pretty much like like you said gets it in her head gets it in his head and he don't basically makes the rest of the episode his his duty to try and tell all her girlfriends he tries to get himself invited to a girl's day and i love this scene it's supposedly so- they're like kind of making out, and then oh, they're like it- fucking. It- Which, by the way, if you read the transcript, the person thinks that they that he that says so I love weird. fucking here. He says I love yeah. working here. It sounds like he says. Well, I love they fucking they here. they shoot it because they're in a they're in an IKEA. Say that like as we put it out in the pilot, they're engaged here. They're in a secret yeah, relationship. And like- no one knows their boyfriend girlfriend. It's so sexy that. In general, the show has made me appreciate Caitlin Doubleday more, and I wish that she had better things to do on Empire, honestly. Or white Rhonda. But so they, they kind of just like you know, it's it's a kind of a you know push and pull between Nick and Joel about like whether or not she's like you know afraid of him or hiding him from her friends, and he tries to get himself invited to this this girls' night basically. And what's funny, I think, is that in in another show she would kind of just give in immediately or something, but she's just like <laughs> kind of like. No, go fuck yourself. It's a girl's night. Deal with it. And I guess this, the the point is, you're I, I'm assuming you're supposed to read like maybe she is hiding him because it's like dot dot dot. And that that's that, those the, the B plot we kind of already mentioned. They go out to to lunch. Uh, at one point, Nick realizes that the traveler's checks that Andy has are literally like the the joke of it being like, I don't know. Well, like the the, the meal they have ends up being like ten bucks, and he's like, well, will they take it if it's all fifties and hundreds? 
And he's like, I think that'll work just fine. And it's like, are we trying to say that he's so dumb he doesn't understand how money works? Because that's basically, like, what they're doing here. But anyway, so they, they, they skid along there, and, um, I mean, I, the rest of the episode basically just resolves itself. It's, it's a very boring ending where they slowly, like, bit by bit, Andy, like, pays for all this stuff. They get, they, they buy a Wii, they flake out on the Wii with just, like, not writing his dissertation. Nick, especially writing his dissertation, always never is, which is, like, most people writing dissertations, <laughs> so I'm sure that's the joke. Um, and they're playing the Wii, and they're like... I know this is gonna be, like, a joke is that, like, the race thing of, like, there is a joke when Julie White's introduced that she, like, mistakes them all for each other, and that's obviously supposed to be a joke, but, like, honestly, it's the makeup in this. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, like, I can vaguely tell them apart because, like, if you really get a second to stare at them, but, like, they're moving their heads around, like, it's just, like, it's like saying, like, anybody who's wearing, like, a wig, you can, can, of course, if you have the wig over your face the whole time, you're gonna have a hard time seeing your face and knowing who's who. Like, it's not the same thing as comparing that to race, because that's actually a bullshit concept. It's just, it's stupid. But so in this, it's frustrating because they introduce Maurice. I could tell the different person because of the voice, but I'm like, which one's talking? I couldn't tell at first which one was talking, and it was, like, the tall one, and I'm like, oh, it's a new guy. They, um, they're, they're playing squash, they, like, talk it all over, Maurice is on the same side of, like, yeah, she's definitely, like, into you just because you're a caveman, and, like, tries to make her uncomfortable, but he's like, you should totally- they're basically all egging him on to, like, go and interrupt this, this dinner she's having, and, like, stand his ground. Um, and, and what's weird is that, like, uh, they get into a fight over everything with Maurice, and Maurice refuses to give him a ride home and everything, and then Joel wants to storm off because he's not, you know, he's sick of them all being mean to him, understandably, because they're shitty friends. And Maurice is like, you, well, they're all mad because Nick is the, or not Nick, uh, Joel is the ride home, and, and Maurice drives a boxster, and he's like, I have, a, well, he says it literally, quote unquote, I think, I have a box of oranges in the front seat, so I was like, what the fuck is this show? Also, like, what the fuck is, who just, like, oh, I just love it. And then never, there's no Same. context. That's my thing. I'm like, I want a show about Maurice, yeah. because, yeah, my car is filled with produce. But I want a weird <laughs> show with, like, people with boxes in their front seat, uh, waitresses just scarfing hot dogs. Yeah, it's weird. It has, like, bits of, like, actually interesting, it's... It's like, it has the, it's like, it's like this is the perfect, re- in fact, we went over the fact that he went on to make on a bunch of other decent shows. It's the perfect, like, resume builder, because it's like, the outside looks fine, like, it's a decently made show, it's just not, the content sucks. <laughs> so it's like, look, I'm capable of putting all these yeah, interesting- Just make the reel of, like, yes. all, only, like, the interesting, fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is, like, the most professional reel of, of anybody in Hollywood, even though it was, like, shit content. But, um, so he, uh, he- he, I mean, Joel's basically forced to give them all a ride home, and they're like begrudgingly go home together, and um, and I'm like, it pretty much. I have to get in the car. I don't know I why. I fucking hate that. Uh. Every time they cut to that, I was like, oh, I don't need more of this. It's the same joke every time, and um, and then later on, they eventually show Joel like kind of, I guess, whipping himself up into the friend. Like he's already been annoyed over this with the, with the friends, but he is finally was like, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna go. He goes and interrupts the dinner, and there's, like, a dumb joke about, like, he actually- I mean, that was a solid in the sense that, like, the physical comedy was decent, but it, it, it's it's interesting because, like, that premise is pretty solid. Like, he, he arrives the same time as the waiter does with their food, and if anyone- Yes, obviously it's we've actually all, a pretty solid set yeah. piece. I'm like, well, that is actually a pretty great moment of comedy, where he's like, 
we need to have a serious and then the waiter comes in and is like oh here it's hers is this there's all this comedy where the waiter's coming in with everybody's various and he dishes. Like, literally, it's like anyone who's been in a restaurant which we've all been to where they'll like they'll be like you know who ordered the chicken parmesan and she's like me and then who ordered this and he has to wait there and they have to like hand it off and it's like a solid like minute of like just him like sitting there doing nothing and, like, eventually he gets so frustrated that someone's like, actually, do you have my fork? And then he just, like, grabs a fork and throws it on our table. <laughs> but, like, the thing that undercuts all of this is that he's dressed in full, like, a caveman, like, costume. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, it, it's, yeah. if it were a show that were well-written that was just not a caveman, like, it would be a pretty solid scene. No, is he still wearing, like, oh, oh you mean, like, just in him makeup? Yeah, the hair whatever? makeup. That's all it is. Like, if it was yeah, not in that, like, if you cut out and that was, like, you know if it was an episode of, like, Happy Endings or something, and that was uh, Adam Pally or whatever, even though it's a girl, that probably wouldn't happen. But, like, if it was if a situation where you had uh, a regular person on a show... You just, you just said Dave. Well, Dave, right, sorry. But if you had if you had Dave, yes. If you had, well... Kind Brad, of, but with, uh, uh, Jane family and But so if you had one of them doing that, like, at least you have, like, a solid, like, your eyes just have to deal with the fact that he's in a caveman head. Like, it's weird. Yeah. It's a bizarre scene, no matter what. Because it's not a small amount of makeup. Also, I keep saying that, but, like, it's it's a lot of makeup. Oh, just a little thing, just reinforcing again, that Kate is pretty open-minded. She only has one white friend. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Right. I remember There's that. There's only one white friend, like, the holdover from the original pilot. Oh, yeah. right, Storm. She has, like, yeah. actually a diverse friend group. She's, like, a solid human being. Like, this is all this is proven. This is, like, slam dunk, Kate. Like, and, of course, he's there being a piece of shit. So it's like, well, like, you, you could do better, Kate. <laughs> like, honestly, that's what, the, really that's what the end of this solves. Is like, Kate, you deserve better than this. But so it would have made more sense if she had been, like, I deserve better than this. And that was the end of that scene. It would have been great. Even though I like more of her. But, like, you know. But so, so. Even though for some, re- for some reason she likes Joel. Yeah, whatever reason that is. Uh, she... Uh, we all have our falls. Uh, so she, they, they have like a back and forth and she kind of just is like, look, I have my friends here. I don't really want to talk to you. Like, and he kind of like derails himself immediately because he sees like, obviously they're friends here and they don't give a shit. And she explains herself pretty much what we said before, how she like is a, she's uncomfortable being here with her friends. Cause like they give me a hard time sometimes. And then she, she politely excuses herself like a normal human being would. And, like, doesn't cause a scene in a restaurant like he's doing. And then she takes him outside and yeah. explains, like, look, I date a lot of guys. I could I've have had, we could have had a normal human being conversation about this I've later done on. I've a lot of dating. My friends make fun of me because they think I've bounced from guy to guy. And, and honestly, like, like, that's a valid criticism, maybe. Like, maybe her friends make fun of her. And they're concerned. I mean, you don't know the situation that well, so it's like she. She also said like her relationships don't usually last longer than a week. Right. Either. So she's work. She's yeah. It's an honest conversation. She's the Penny Hearts of the group. And it's like, look, I, oh, I. What's oh, frustrating Penny. with this whole scene though is that you have somebody who's like p- pit up against somebody who has a very valid thing, and it's just sad because like it seems like she's having a real argument and he's just being petty, and you just it really becomes clear. Yeah. Like she she's on such a higher level than he is basically like he's trying to drag uh, her back and in. not because he's a caveman no. because he's terrible <laughs> yes exactly because he's terrible and that's part of what the problem is maybe too is that they're writing these cavemen like absolute <laughs> cavemen but like it's that level of stupid like they want to be purposely 
obtuse, basically, is what this character is. And yet they want to get the credit. For all the trouble, the original pilot at least had more of a leg to stand right. on than yeah. this one does. Because at least they, like, I don't know, at least they acknowledge that they're own fucked up, I don't know. It's weird. It's, a, it's a bizarre yeah. scene. But so, he kind of cops to his bullshit and is like, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And they, like, more or less make up. I mean, there's not really, they're adults, they have like, an honest conversation, and they, they kind of heal the wound, and then they agree to, you know, be more honest with each other, and then she'll, I guess, introduce him to the friends another time. Appropriate. When she, she, no, she did introduce him to the friends once he complained about right. it. But, like, yeah. I mean, that's just in passing, but I'm sure he'll, she'll actually, like, bring him out to a dinner, like, a normal dinner. Should she? Well, no, exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You can hear my tone, is like, whenever she feels like, like, a normal person, and make an actual... Because you know yeah. she invites him to dinner, he's inviting Nick. Like, what's frustrating here, yeah, that's was true. that she was hiding him because he was a caveman, that's a joke. She wasn't hiding him because he was a caveman, she was hiding him because he was another boyfriend. Right, and that, what's funny is it's like, basically, she explains to him the reason why I was hiding you is because I was almost more ashamed of myself. And that's the, this supposed to be like, you know, the turnaround on that. But so, um, in the meantime, I mean, the other, the other plot is, is equally pretty much like a straightforward close up. It's just Andy realizes he's going to stay there, kind of. I mean, he starts to... Yeah, it's, it's not about, you know, him realizing Nick is using him for his money. Like, he yeah. kind of, like, always knew that and didn't care. It's, like, a weird play. Like, I don't know what they're trying with that, but they never really figure it out. Yeah. Because he um, definitely knows. He has no redeemable factor. Because he's able to put words together. He's not, like, a total, like, idiot. So he know he must understand that he's being used and be okay with it, because... But he's also a psychopath, yeah. as we know. Like, at one point, if, assuming he's on the phone with her, regardless, he tells his ex-girlfriend it's okay to be in love with two guys, basically saying he would have no problem being in, like, a, a, a throuple with oh, her. Oh, that's true! And, and her, actually, her there is a point where I think Nick like, at okay. one point says, like, checking uh, in on the threesome or something, right? Or they, they make an uh, affront to that, I think. Someone mentions the fact that he's halfway, halfway to, like, having a threesome. At some point, I forget what it was, but I feel like one of them mentions that, but only really briefly. I don't think that happens. So now you're, you don't know what happens in episodes, but you know what happens in the episodes you imagine. I mean, <laughs> maybe? Question mark? But, um, yeah, so that, but that's... Because it's not like that he'd be fine with actually being in a three-person relationship. It's just that he's so obsessed with this woman that he won't allow her to be, like, broke, like break up with him. That he'll, yeah. like, like, I have no problem with basically just being the third person in your relationship, even though she doesn't want him. It's weird, though, because she kind of, I mean, she does, I guess she but, doesn't like, want does she Exactly, that's what I mean! Like, she's talking to him all day long on the phone, but maybe she doesn't, I don't know, it's some weird stuff. Uh, and that's it! I think that's, I mean, the rest of the episode, there's there's some, like, little bits and pieces here and there, but it pretty much just wraps, again, kind of at a, a brusque close. Like, neither one of them has a real solid, like, you know, feet up on the table, like, we really made it kind of situation, like. Yeah. It's very, like, bleh. And then the, the first one, literally, like, on a, on a joke, but this one just kind of wraps up neatly and then I, I think Andy's agreed to move in with them more or less he's just there I think I mean he's in future episodes for the rest of the show right he's the other third character so it seems yes, like yeah. it seems like he's he's introduced like he could leave at any second that's what's so strange but then he they don't stays. really play into that part at all well, he has travelers checks I mean maybe it's because he's like temporary I don't know but to me that implies that he's about to leave again but uh, but then he, he becomes one of the threesome and that's the show was widely panned, though. So, I mean, what, we, what we've been criticizing about it was a pretty much a universal... I mean, someone from Ain't It Cool News said that the show's third episode made them laugh aloud. 
a number of times. So, I mean, that sounds like a robot. (laughs) Again, it's someone from Ain't It Cool News, so I'm like, no one's saying that's a legitimate source. This is sort of, for me, it's the ultimate example of the pre-2008 crash mindset of... Yeah, let's make a TV series out of a bunch of car commercials. And what's funny is, I, I apparently post uh, the show's cancellation, I also via Wikipedia, but like the there was a Geico commercial that aired during the Super Bowl where they two they had two cavemen watch. Literally, this is like the original like Geico is what it was. It's not even like it was about the show in general. It was from the actual company that used to do the commercials. And they they uh they have two cavemen watching TV, and then some one of them was like a show about us uh, disbelieving, like what? And then the other one's like, what's the deal with that makeup? And then the other one said, exactly, why not just use real cavemen? And then the other one said, well, I thought their diction was good. You could hear everything they were saying. At least they didn't say it's so easy. It's a. And then the other one said, yeah, yeah. At least there's that. I'm sure it played out funnier than the way you described it for ten minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I will link to the the actual uh, commercial in the, in the description, along with the original commercial, if you want to go back and watch that. But, but yeah. So that was uh, Caveman. Yikes. Let's not move on to plugs because I still need to read Nick Kroll's oh, yes. uh, blog oh, yes, yes, post yes, yes, about yes. this. Okay, this is November 12, 2009, Nick Crow put this on his blog. A lot of people thought it was a terrible idea for a TV show. A few people thought it was a great idea. I just needed a job acting on TV, and this was the one I got. I can't say that I was sad when it was canceled. You spent four hours in makeup every morning and another 45 minutes to get out of the makeup every night. I couldn't eat anything wider than a quarter, and I averaged about four and a half hours of sleep. But losing your job is never easy, especially when you spent all your waking hours with the same group of people for months on end. The reviews were overwhelmingly bad, but I will say that, like most shows, it got better and better as time went on. People don't realize how hard it is to make a TV show, especially one with as much baggage as cavemen. The Geico commercials were and are amazing. They captured our imagination like almost nothing in advertising has, so we had big shoes to fill. I would argue, though, that they were completely different shoes. The expectations were so high or low that to get it right, right from the beginning, it was nearly impossible. The craziest thing about working on a TV show is that if it's just a pilot or gets canceled before all the episodes air, no one ever sees it. All that work, gone. I've had a lot of people ask me over the last couple of years about whether they're going to put it on DVD. I was told ABC Studios was going to, but I ain't seen shit. So, mm-hmm. below is a link to all the episodes we shot, including the unaired pilot. Check them out. I think there is, plenty, uh, there is some pretty funny stuff in there. Definitely some great performances from talented actors. Bill English, Sam Huntington, Dash Myhawk, Caitlin Doubleday... Stephanie Lemon and the amazing Julie White. Our cave kid was played brilliantly by Kelly yeah. Staples Patino. Also, the makeup department headed by Tony Gardner with our amazing uh, special effects artists, uh, Gabriel DeCunto, Steve Prouty, and James Rowland were our saviors over those 18 or 19 hour days. Oh, Not to mention a very funny writing staff who spent out, uh, countless hours coming up with some very funny stuff for us to say. Working on Cayman was the most important experience of my personal k- career. I learned more about acting, writing, and show business in general in the four months I worked on that show than I had before or since. I made amazing friends both in front of the camera and uh, behind the camera, and I realized without a doubt that comedic acting was what I wanted to do with my life. Aw. I know this is all very schmulsy, but fuck it. (laughs) We've all worked on things that we put our hearts and soul into that disappear and never see the light of day. The fact that the internet allows people all over the world to see our work, even when it was intended for a different medium, whenever it's convenient to them, is amazing. So if you choose not to celebrate cavemen, at least celebrate the fucking internet. Oh, I also forgot... Uh, I got to go on the fucking view, so it wasn't all bad. Aww. And then he pointed out, like, his personal nice. favorite episodes. Aww. That's actually really nice. That is really yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, especially nice. with 
network interference. Like, a show could start off well and just end up shitty because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, here, I'm looking to the post. Yeah. And obviously, as we pointed out, there were concepts in the show that, like, were there. They oh, just yeah. not get to execute them for obvious reasons. I love how when, like, where it says, unaired pilot, he's like, when we were Southern. What? Yeah. They were Adorable. Southern? Okay, so let's move on to the plugs. What's up, What's up with you, Latoya? Uh, I guess maybe I'll probably watch the rest of the show. Oh, Godspeed. Hey. I I probably might too. It was it was. I want to see what he's talking about. Like I think it sounds like at least it went. Different I'm places, sure there were maybe? good moments in the other episodes. Honestly, there were things we we could all latch onto throughout the, like in these episodes. So I'm sure it does get better. Honestly, it yeah. won't be great, but it, I'm sure it gets better. What's up with you, Julia? Not a whole lot. If anyone wants to do us, uh, that is just totally reading chapters of a Song of Ice and Fire, please. Get in touch with me. I'm Jules, has tweets on Twitter, but I'm also on uh, Bossy Britches. We're just coming back after a bit of a hiatus. Um, the Bossy Britches podcast, where me and Lisa Schinninger, also another friend of the show, I believe, we, we just yell a lot about pop culture. We came back for a short supposedly about Ghostbusters and it ended up being a 45 minute episode um, and also possibly apparently me and Latoya's forthcoming show about Buffy season 6 <laughs> the whole show and also Angel yes oh my god I'm in yes I, w- I would watch it happily I cannot engineer that's a lot that's a lot for me to engineer oh, I, uh, <laughs> why are your friends I have so oh, yeah. many feelings. Anyway, yeah, I think that's me. Alrighty. And as always, I am at Mara E on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes to get a drunk uh, recap and commentary of the Entourage movie. Don't do it. Uh, wow. <laughs> and you can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com if you have any uh, comments, concerns, or you'd also like to be one of the co-hosts of either one of the podcasts we've mentioned before. Um, Laura's not invited uh, to either, so... <laughs> Use that an incentive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Teleboy, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You're going to have so much to cut. It's going to be great. <laughs> no one is listening to a fucking three-hour caveman podcast.